Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Persona 5 Royal spoiler cast for GameSpot. It has been about a year since the game released. It released worldwide on March 31st. Hopefully, enough people have had the 125 hours to get through the game, so we thought now would be a good time to do it. So let's just jump right into it. I'm going to introduce my panel here. We've got Jess McDonald. Hello. We have Michael Hyam. Hey. And we have Ben Janka. Wait, 125 hours? I was definitely way more than that. No, I was too. I was about 150. That's okay. <laughs> oh, for, first off, I want I want to I want to give a shout out to to Jess, um, one of the GameSpot legends. Thank, oh, yeah, yeah. Yo, this is wild. This this is this means a lot to me to be able to talk with Jess again on GameSpot. Um, so uh, yeah, I want I want everyone listening. Y'all probably know who Jess is, but give, if you don't, give her a warm welcome. She done more than enough work to cement. Her, her place in games by history you know oh, what I'm saying? thank you you're so yeah. sweet yeah i'm so hey. excited to be talking to you guys again and talking about persona hell yeah my favorite hey. people my favorite thing Whatever. 10 out of 10 on morning. GameSpot. yo check out the video review if you haven't checked out the video yes. review oh my god i swear to god like yo it is the best thing that has been created uh for GameSpot video i i'm not playing with you i'm not playing with you just zero lies detected. <laughs> zero lies detected. Absolutely. So to give everybody a little context here, uh, Michael, Jess, and I all covered Persona 5 Royal for GameSpot back before the game had come out. So March of 2020. And we had all previously played Persona 5 before play playing Persona 5 Royal. Ben, his first time completing Persona 5 was through Persona 5 Royal. So our experiences differ a little bit, which I think will be very interesting, the dynamic here when talking about some of these story events. We'll also try and stick primarily to Royal-specific content. Uh, there's a lot that Persona 5 encompasses. So for just to keep things a little shorter on time, we'll just stick primarily to the third semester. And we won't be talking about Persona 5 Strikers. So if you haven't played Persona 5 Strikers yet, don't worry about it. You can still listen to this. Then you can go play Strikers. And we might be do a Striker spoiler cast in the future. Who knows? If you want to see Ooh. that, let us know. So let's just start. Right from the beginning, let's start with like the major events that happened in the third semester of Persona 5 Royal. So after you finish the whole memento, steps of mementos, you know, attack and dethrone God thing, you meet with Sai Nijima, who wants you to turn yourself in so that it can help with the case against Shido. But it turns out that Akechi turns himself in. Now, in the original Persona 5, he died in Shido's palace, supposedly, but then he comes back. So give me all of you like initial thoughts to this. Like when when you see Akechi, like... You know, you're like, oh, my God, like, is he alive? Like, this is altering the events. Like, just give me initial reactions to that. Um, I, I have a complicated relationship with Akechi. I know I remember when we were all talking about Akechi when we were first playing through. And I think some of you guys were like, I love him. And I was like, I hate him. He just wants to argue all the time. It's super annoying. Uh, I think like so many characters in Royal, he turns into such an interesting character. The more you understand why he is the way he is. And I think I loved Royal because I loved getting to know him better. So getting that extra third semester where he is a smart dude. He's not just a slave to like the these like crappy adults who are like controlling him. And he has so much agency and he's truly an intelligent and important like cog in the machine of you working out everything that's actually going on with Maraki. I thought it was super interesting. Uh, I'm glad they went the direction they went with it, um, just because I think he's a super interesting character. I like nuanced characters. I think Persona is incredible at nuanced characters, and the fact that they can make a character that you both love and hate at different stages in the story, and th that story gets that character gets to be explored further, is super cool. Yeah, I um, so the the thing with Akechi and Royal, 
uh, this extends or this starts in the base game, actually. So because before in the base game, his his confidant arc is subject to the the particular story beats in Royal. You have to go out and seek him to spend time with him to rank him up because that's part of how you access the third semester. Uh, and in doing so, I think it 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 brings you closer to him. Like you have a little bit more stakes in his fate. Um, even though at first it's kind of like, hey, let's go out in, you know, uh, in Kichijoji, let's go get dessert or some shit uh, and have like this very like tense but lighthearted uh, friendship with him. But as you get deeper into his confidant arc, then he starts to show his cards a little bit more. And I think in in doing that, you kind of once you in the base game, once you make it towards like Shido's palace and uh, kind of see how his original arc concludes, I think the context is different because the events are the same. Uh, leading up to Shido's palace when Akechi gets like super, super involved. And I think that when, when, when you go through his arc, it's just, you have such a better understanding. Like he's not just a, a shitty character. He's not just being shitty for the sake of being shitty or yeah. the fact that he's been through, uh, he has a lot of internalized trauma that he's acting out on the Phantom Thieves and all that. Um, so I, I think it, it's really important for having a better understanding. I said that in my, in my review that his arc provides a better understanding of who he is, which was missing in the base game. And because I came away from the base game, like y'all are catchy stands are wild. And like, I don't know what the fuck y'all are talking about. But yeah, Royal, I'm like, oh, snap. Like he's still he's still kind, he's still shitty. But it's it's really it's really engaging in the way that he kind of expresses himself. He has more time to express himself, I think, is the is the overarching thing. So when you get to see him in the third semester and he kind of becomes the catalyst for the fact that it exists at all or part of like one of the three catalysts for why the third semester exists at all, I think that this is, um, uh, it, it's, it's, it does a lot of the legwork for kind of making his entire arc feel more complete. Uh, because it did like parts of original P5 felt incomplete story wise, as much as I love that game. Uh, Akechi was one of the things that were kind of left hanging, uh, even though he did have a conclusion. It still it wasn't as satisfying as it could have been. Royal takes care of all that. And I think that him be just like wiling out, like completely unhinged in the third semester is him just kind of fully embracing that personality type. And I think it helps him focus his character and through our understanding of his new confidant arc it just makes sense the way he is and you kind of you kind of buy into it he's 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 like the he's a great anti-hero yeah. i think and like the third semester is the the a near perfect encapsulation of that because he doesn't give it like he has his motives he makes them very clear and he's he's dead ass serious about it i think he's one of the characters who are I mean, all the characters by the end, they're very sure of themselves, Akechi being one of them. And he's the one who's obviously the odd one out in terms of why they're doing what they're doing. Um, so I think there's, by, when you make it to the very end, there's like this mutual understanding and respect, even though he's he still like kind of hates y'all. By the end, it's like, okay, like, hey, you did what you came to do. Shouts out to you. Respect to my boy. Um, and that's an incredible feeling. As, as someone who like I loved P5 and like just having something that's completely new that rewrites an important character is such a smart thing that Royal nails. And yeah, I mean, I wouldn't say he's my boy, but I, I salute him. You get it. Yeah, we Respect. get it. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. I guess for me, I I really like that 
like I came into Persona knowing that it was it was all kind of based around heists and they dropped that thing on you in the beginning where they're like, someone betrayed you. <laughs> Who could yeah. it possibly be? And I'm like, this is a heist movie for 150 hours. It's the last person to join the crew when we get there. Like, <laughs> I know this. Furious. I know where we're going with this. And I love that. I love that that was kind of like a, a little thing that I was able to kind of follow through. And I'm like, yeah, I knew it, whatever. Uh, but Akechi himself, I really love kind of like you've, you have, you guys have already said the kind of arc of him kind of being whatever, and then getting more and more serious and seeing more of like what his thought process is and more than anything else, kind of them building him up as a person who, who wants to win. And he, he doesn't like, he wants to do it all by himself and he doesn't, he, he can't stand losing no matter what. And to have his like arc in the the Royal bits kind of ultimately lead to him accepting the ultimate loss and just being like, I'll help you guys do this. I guess I'm dead. That's just how it is. <laughs> like, and to see that moment in, in that discussion was one of, my favorite parts of maybe the whole game. Like I, I didn't really like a catchy much leading up until then, but the further away I get from when I finished the game and I've been thinking about it more that I, I really, really like that a lot. Yeah, like just me too. having that character built around that idea and then having him be like, well, I guess this is it. Also when all your friends jump in to help you at the end, and they all are saying like really nice, encouraging things like Joker, you got this. Like we'll hold it back, go and do it. And you finally get to a catchy, and he's just like, "Do your, do your fucking job. <laughs> what are you doing?" Like uh. it, it tells you everything you need to know about that entire crew and why they work so well together. And I just, yeah, I love them. Yeah, and it's, it's yeah. real good. I think a catchy and Joker's relationship is absolutely fascinating. They should yeah. write theses on that relationship. It's um. Yeah. It's super interesting seeing character because all these characters are really easy to win over, right? I mean, not easy. You've got to put the time in, but you put the time in and they're generally good natured. Like whether you're hanging out with Arn, hanging out with Futaba, like they have their trauma, they have their issues, but they're generally people who are charismatic and friendly who want to ultimately get along with you. And Akechi is a completely different beast in that way. That's not who he is. He he has goals and he he respects you and and when you go through and figure out the the optimal conversation uh dialogue options to make when you talk to him he doesn't want you to be all like sweet and supportive he wants you to be strong he wants you to be his rival he wants you to see him as an equal like not better or worse he he just wants to feel like he he's like earned you and i think that that's so interesting and i think the thing i was also going to say with how i felt about a catchy in uh, P5 versus P5R is that it is so vital to have that confident arc where you have the agency of opting in. Um, I think the reason that you build so much affection for the the children and the adult characters that you hang out with in, in Persona 5 is that you are making a choice to hang out with them. Your time is limited and each day you're like, I'm going to hang out with this person today. You're you're committing to that. And I think not having that when you when you first interacted with Akechi in the original game made a big difference to being like, yeah, I'm going to go hang out with Akechi today. And even if he's a dick, it's like, well, I, I, this is a different kind of friendship, but it's a friendship that I'm choosing to put time into. And I think that that made me feel different about him. Yeah, totally. Uh, I'm going to be the odd man out here and say, even in the original Persona 5, I really liked Akechi. I think he was an <laughs> asshole. Don't get me wrong. But I think that like that character I found really, really fascinating. 
Um, and I was kind of like with it the whole time. I think, Jess, you brought up a really great point, like that relationship with Joker and Akechi. I feel like they kind of touch on that towards the end when Igor's kind of like, I gave one person this power and one person this power. And I wanted to just see what would happen. And then ultimately, like, you're the trickster, you win. But I think that um, for me, like, I was re- I, I didn't even think Akechi was the bad guy for a long time uh, when he wanted to, like, join you at the end. I really thought he was just genuine, like. He talks a lot in the game, and this is something I really love about the game, where he's just like, you know, no one's saying that what the Phantom Thieves are doing by taking down evil people is wrong, but the way they're doing it is wrong because it's completely against the law. And if anybody can break the law, then like, what's even the point of a law in the first place? And I like, I like that kind of like gray area uh, of of Persona 5, and I thought a catchy kind of encompass that and when he was but then at the end like you know when he totally betrays he was like damn it i trusted you like i liked you uh but i think that yeah i think akechi is such an interesting character and i think to kind of what all of you say i agree with is that the the, you get more time with akechi in royal which is great you kind of find out later is that like you know he wasn't real or whatever he was just like a cognitive being so in a way maybe he was kind of formed by everybody's opinions of akechi rather than real akechi and that's a whole nother can of worms there. But I do think, as you said, Jess, like that agency with Akechi, you spend that time with him. And then later, you almost maybe have this idealized form of Akechi that you're hanging out with, who's able to kind of solve all this stuff. But he's still Akechi. He's still the real Akechi. So I think, too, at the end of Shido's Palace, when he kind of has that moment where he's like, go on without me, like take down Shido, like I know I'm going to die here. And it, that's also, I think, a more impactful moment in Royal because you did spend that time with him. There's that moment towards the end of his confidant when he throws like his glove at you and he's like, I want this to be like a reminder that like, I won't back down. Like you're never going to beat me. Um, and I think uh, that's such like a great moment. So I think you that's one of the dialogue options in Royal that wasn't in the original. Like I still have your glove. And then oh, I think that like, yeah, that makes it such a more impactful moment. Um, so, you know, when you do see him like turn himself in in Royal, like, you know, my initial reaction was like, this is where things start to change. But at the same time, I was like, oh, look at this. Like, Ketchy's doing some good now. Like, he's turning himself <laughs> in for Joker. Like, maybe like that relationship, you, you know, you got to Confidant Rank 10. It finally stuck. So, mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I like a catchy. I don't like him, but I do like that character arc. And I like kind of the direction that they took with him and how he's not a phantom thief. And I know we haven't talked about Sumira yet, but they also do the same with her where she's like, I'm not really a phantom thief, but it's like, <laughs> yeah, you are like, come on, you are. Yeah, so. uh, yeah. <laughs> can we talk about, can we talk about a angry voice though? Cause it's really intense. <laughs> yeah, I don't yeah. know if you guys are playing with the English or Japanese audio, but his English voice is so Jekyll and Hyde. Like I really like the character and I really like the writing, but it it really leans into Persona 5's most like out there <laughs> performances yeah, yeah. where it's like, I hate everything and I am using it. And then he's like, hey, the hey guys, what's up? And then he's like, Brr. when he does, when he jumps between them, it is yeah. absolutely hilarious. Shouts out, shouts out to Robbie Damon. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, I mean, I love him. So I love that is. scene with, uh, I think it's when like, when you first re-enter Maruki's palace with Sumire and like she kind of go- leans over Joker and she's like, is Akechi always this <laughs> intense? And he's like, what, do you not want to like fight with someone who's intense? Like we have to keep moving. She's like, oh, busted. Uh, I think that's such a great oh, moment. So good. The next, I think, major story event in the third semester is when things start to change, right? You start to see the abnormalities in the world. You find out that Morgana is a human, Mangana. You find out 
like <laughs> Wakaba's still alive. Ryuji's on the track team. On and Chio are hanging out. Yusuke's got Madarame. Makoto's got her father. Uh, Haru has her father as well. Like, you know, in that moment, right? Like, I don't think it was like truly revealed yet. Like, you kind of got hints of it in Maruki's confidant arc of like what his thoughts were about like nobody ever having to deal with pain. But if you're not truly clued into that, you're probably not going to realize that. So, like, what were you thinking in that moment? Like, when all that was going down? Uh, I think that the 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 initial reaction is like, is this is this real or is it not? And obviously, you you quickly find out that it's not real. But um, I think for me, it was less. It wasn't necessarily shocking to see everything, but it was more. Um, what's uh, what's the? It's, it was bittersweet because like throughout the entire game, you, you spend a hundred hours up to that point to get to know everyone, and then you kind of they work through their traumas and like the what you see in in the third semester is their ideal realities or, or their ideal worlds, right? So so on one hand to see them have that and to see how happy they are in those moments is kind of heartwarming but it's heartbreaking because you know it's you know it's not real and it, it like that fucking sucks to see is like um like you throughout the whole game you work so hard to um to internalize and accept the the pain that you've experienced in your life and then you kind of that that, that becomes part of who you become, how strong you become, how you handle things in your life, um, and it, it, it's weird. It's it's not it's not great. It's not ideal that that you go through shitty things to become stronger, uh, but that's how life is. And it, in a way, I feel like a lot of that work gets undone. Um, I, I'm, I'm, this isn't this is not a criticism of the story. It's it's how I felt in seeing those characters in those moments. And right. like, oh shit! Like, did does. Did, did the work that we put in for you to become who you are by the end of the game is that does that not matter anymore to you and it, it, it is well i think it's more heartbreaking than it is heartwarming because you know it's just fake um but it does provide more insight into exactly what it was that they that they always felt and always wanted in their lives so i think it's important that it exists like those visual representations exist and it's not just them talking through it uh, in a way, it's like you, you're peering into their minds, into their dreams. Um, I mean, it is a more or less a dream state that you're in in that semester. So because it's one thing to like you go through, Futaba, for example, you go through Futaba's palace and then you, that, that is appearing into her mind and her relationship with her mom and all the pain that she's been through. Um, but that's seeing her in pain, like going through it again and seeing how she went through it early in her life. But in the third semester, it's more it's more of like what instead of her pain, it's more of like what if she didn't have that pain? And so it's it creates this nice juxtaposition of um, that it, it, it provides more depth into their characters, I think, even though it's just showing their idealized reality. I think it says a lot about what what deep down inside that they, they're really feeling or what they always they, what they always felt. So um yeah, it, it kind of hurt in a way. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's so weird to say that, that like them being happy is painful, but it was like, I was like, when the third semester kicked off, I was like, yeah, everyone's stoked, but it's just like happy, shiny people. Like, I mm-hmm. I was like, I don't know. It's so, I mean, we talk about this all the time, but it's like, you know, pouring 100, 150 
more if you play it more than once hours into that game it's like these people are my friends and when third semester starts it's like I don't know these people like because they aren't who they became without their pain and that's really sad but it's also like it's the entire thesis statement of the game is that pain and trauma is not only necessary it's well inevitable um it it forms you into a different kind of person and it's also what your friendships with all of these people were based on is what they went through and going through it with them and your entire confidant arcs with all of these people were based on coming to them meeting them at these really low terrible moments and working with them through the period of the entire game to get to a better place so then even though they were happier in 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 the start of third semester than you could ever have made them because it's a fantasy it they don't feel like themselves and it doesn't it doesn't feel it doesn't feel as true as the happy that they became when they had the agency to process their pain and trauma in the way they wanted to um which is which is the the message the game continues to tell through as the third semester goes on yeah it's kind of like an undoing of the connection that that personal connection they had to joker and that that's that's a sad thing to see because every time you approach them uh in in the third semester they're like wait how what what do we what do we do again like you and i we, we went through some shit right and I was like, yo, you got to remember, like, we, we, we've been through a lot, bro. Like, damn, you don't remember all the shit yeah. that we did together? But it's sad because it's like, yeah. I don't want to, like, br- I don't want to drag you down. But it's yeah. like, but at the same not, time, like, this isn't dog, you. Yeah. yeah you're, there, you're, you're, yeah. There's, there's like a literal, I can, ex- I can remember the exact moment where like that realization of the, the kind of, like the base of the friendship for everyone was based off of the kind of shared trauma and all that. It. Because they kind of like sprinkle it. Like you see Morgana is not a cat. You see like someone mentions uh, their their family member that's definitely dead being alive kind of like offhand, like it's nothing. And you're like, this isn't right. But the moment for me was when you make it out to the shrine and you meet up with everyone. And like it, they all seem like they're not as into the conversation as they were before. And you don't leave that scene with all of them being like, hey, let's go get ramen or something like they usually do. They're all like, oh, I've got to go see my dad. Oh, I've got to go uh, yeah. take care of dinner for for like th- this thing. And th- they all break up. They don't want to stick together. And that kind of like maybe be like, there's something super wrong. Yeah. And I yeah. don't like this. <laughs> yeah. And I, I said in my, in my review that it's oddly unsettling. That's that's exactly how I felt. I'm like, wait, whoa, whoa. I'm kind of I'm kind of like. I'm a little a little scared right here like cuz I cuz the thing like the game doesn't lay it out for you. It, it, I think I think and I think that's very smart. Like some parts of Persona 5 can be very uh heavy-handed like for better or worse. Um think more often for better, but I think it's it's not only is there a huge tonal shift in the third semester, but I also think that in its storytelling style in in small small parts such as that scene where um like they don't directly tell you anything. You have to see it for yourself. And it leaves you in such a an oddly unsettling position. And I think that's that is a major hook at the very beginning of the third semester. Like, holy shit, there's this this isn't just more of more story. It's a different story uh, or a different style of story. And then so like Ben, you mentioned the the shrine scene, and you're like, yo, what the fuck is going on? This is this shit is weird. Um and yeah, that, that's that's part of what what drives you through the third third semester because 
man, they, they really like leverage the fact that it's like, oh, you you think you know these characters? How about we how about we turn we turn the oh how the the turntables? <laughs> and, and yeah, it, it's a it's a it's a really smart, uh, small but smart thing uh, to draw you in. That's so true what you said about it being really unsettling because it's not being heavy handed because Persona is so often like characters will say things like 11 times to make sure you get it. Like the game does not want you to be confused. Like I remember when I started because Persona 5 was not only my first Persona game, it was the first major JRPG I played. So I'm not too used to like that kind of writing and like the fact that Joker can like repeat a word someone said to him that's super obvious and they're like, yeah, you idiot, that word means this. It's just like, I'm like, okay, this game's just going to like hold my hand hard the whole time. But the fact that, yeah, it really flips. It's just like, well, I'm going to explain shit. Like you're just Mm going to figure it out. And it feels awful for a game that has like really taken care of you the entire time and made sure you're not missing anything. Everything is explained. Like even, even the plot twist, it's like, Hey, we don't know this now. We'll figure it out later. You got a bunch of friends we can discuss it with in the meantime. And then for you to lose all those connections, lose anybody that you can ask what's actually happening. And everyone's like, mind is gone and the game won't even explain it to you in a meta way is really it, it was terrifying yeah yeah it's is cool but yeah like eventually of course when you um you go visit them at their homes and then you have that conversation to kind of like yeah. break them out of that um you know i mean i, I think that was the, a very streamlined way to ha- streamlined way to handle that uh but it's it's like that one last moment because uh, they do it in, in the original run. They do the thing in the velvet room where you talk to everyone to break them out of their cell and then yeah. you go fight God. And it's kind of like redoing that, but um, in, in a different context, of course. And um, yeah, I, I think it speaks to their resolve uh, as as characters that like they're not so easily deceived uh, or they're not they're not because when you when you talk to them, they're like, oh, shit, that's right. Well, I guess it's it's go time again, and I I think it's really cool to like that. Um, each person kind of shows that they have a very good understanding of what they're about, and it just like solidifies their their stance on things. Um, because like you you go through so much with them, and you're like, okay, the the work that we put in isn't undone, so like let's let's get this shit done together again. Um, but yeah, it's it's just really cool to peer into their like just a little bit more. Uh, into um, how they how they think and feel about their lives. So yeah. yeah, yeah. Kind of jumping off that last point is that like when you get that moment, if you ranked up their confidant all the way, you get that kind of like third persona awakening moment with all of them, and all of them basically follow the same format where they're like, "Listen, dude, like I'm so sorry. Like I have no <laughs> idea how I let that fake reality yeah. persuade me. Like I want you to know, like I'm with you 100. percent Like everything we went through is still important to me, and I like. I don't think I got all of those because I didn't manage because I was so focused on like Kasumi Ooh. and Maruki and like yeah I didn't finish every confidant. Oh no! I, I watched them all. Late. I think I only got like Yusuke and on, but like I watched them all after the fact, and it's just like I think those add a lot to that to that moment too. As you were yeah. all just saying, is that like you get that moment where they're like, no, 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 like. I might deep down want that. And that does give a a better, clear image of like what their true wants are in a way. But they're like, no, like the pain and everything that I went through, like that we went through, like that's still an integral part. And I can't accept Maruki's reality, even if I do get my mom back or if I do get to be on the track team. I think that's such an integral moment. And yeah. Yeah. I'm also really glad that Makoto got like not just her motorcycle back, 
like in a persona, but like a like a like a thick Cadillac of a motorcycle. Yo, <laughs> damn! It's Throw some twenty fours on that shit. <laughs> like, it's real good. But the the other thing I really really like about that setup is it it's an interesting way to kind of flip what the Phantom Thieves had been doing in the base game on them a bit, like making the decision to change someone's mind, you know, like without mm-hmm. them knowing. Yeah, and to to kind of play that idea that maybe it's not great to take the trauma out it's an important thing for how you build yeah. your character and i i really like that idea because it it kind of bothered me going through the whole game like we're just gonna change everyone's minds we can't we can't make them be good we're gonna force them to be good and to have someone as an antagonist be like we're gonna force you guys to be happy without you knowing was really interesting that is my favorite part of the third semester is that like again that that gray area as i keep calling it is that like i think haru there's a point where like haru even says it like the phantom thieves take down bad guys like maruki's not a bad guy yeah like he his intentions are absolutely in the right place maruki keeps talking about like i want you to accept this reality i did this for you like joker was a big part of his research and we'll get to that when we talk about maruki's confidant but you know even like the way he approaches everything where he's like you know, like he gives you the dates, like January 9th, like come back, like February 2nd. Um, he he is doing what the Phantom Thieves are doing in a way where he's like he's changing people's hearts. But, you know, the the like the game is like you have to stick to your own justice, right? You have to you have to do what you believe is right. Maruki's doing what he believes is right. Yeah. The Phantom Thieves do what their beliefs are right. Akechi does what he believes is right. And I think that, you know, I don't necessarily feel this way too much, but I know one of the common criticisms of the earlier parts of Persona 5 is that like, you know, all of the palace rulers are like a little cartoony. Like they're a little like, oh, like that's obviously a bad guy. But I think Maroki is the antithesis of that. Like he's a good person. Like and again, also, as you were saying earlier, Jess, with like confidence and agency, like you spend all that time with Maroki. You can't even unlock the third semester unless you rank Maroki all the way up. Like mm-hmm. you have to go through all of that with him. And then it's like such it's so hard. I know even for me, like the first time going through it, I grappled with that a lot. Like, you know, you know, maybe maybe Mark is sort of right in a way, but I think that's the point. Yeah. He is sort of right in a way and you're yeah. sort of right in a way and you have to decide. I think there are like multiple moments in the game where you can choose to accept his deal or not. Yeah. And mm-hmm. then you see the other ending. And I think that's really interesting, too, that they give you, you know, if you maybe get all the way to February 2nd and then decide I'm going to take your deal or if you take it all the way at the beginning of the third semester, there's so many like added nuance layers mm-hmm. to all of it. And I think that's what's so great about it. I think Maruki really made this third semester there's i think i've said this before but i love the fact that in all the marketing like kasumi was the big thing Mm -hmm. like look it's kasumi she's the brand new character and then they're like oh by the way there's like this other counselor too like whatever who cares and then it turns out like he's a huge part of that game and i love that i love that they pulled that on us where it's like you (laughs) never guess and then you're like what like moriki's way better than kasumi like what who cares about this Uh, ribbon haired girl uh well i guess if we're gonna be talking about maruki now uh yeah let's get into let's just jump ahead let's talk like maruki's confidant like get into everything maruki like yeah uh shit um how am i gonna say this because uh <laughs> like i can't listen to billy kamitz's voice anymore without getting like really emotional like i i was watching promare uh like a couple days ago and he voices the the main character and i kept hearing maruki in his voice and i'm like i kept having this like emotional reaction of like Oh shit, that's my counselor. <laughs> like yeah. that's my guy. Um fuck. Uh so Maruki is one of my favorite characters in all the games. And I say this in my review that 
Fuck, man. We're only 30 minutes into this shit. I'm already getting no, emotional. No, go for God it. Damn it. That's what happens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, fuck. Like, I feel you, man. I, 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 and again, like I said, I say this in my review that in Persona 5, like, yo, it's so hard for all these characters to go through their shit that they, that they go through. And they don't really have anyone to rely on. They rely on each other. But again, they're all very young. Uh, they're like 17 or whatever and they don't have the answers they they know what they what they want to do and they have the drive to do it but they harbor a lot of pain and they can only express that to them to each other and that's good uh sometimes that's good enough um but when you have a counselor figure a mental health perspective on it 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 changes things because it's 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 validation uh, for the way that they feel uh, that they're they're not confused like they're less confused about their feelings and Marky does this for almost every character in the game um, even if, if it's just one or two scenes when he talks to Haru, Makoto, Ryuji, on whoever Joker through the rank 10 and it's just it's 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 empowering in many ways because not a lot of not a lot of people have that in their lives so like ah oh, fuck there's one in uh, when Jess, you cut the video review. I think that one of the cuts you did was uh, one of Marky's lines where he says, "Like you're a strong young man, and you have a lot of like, I could see that you have a lot of resolve and strength, and I admire that." And I remember hearing that for the first time when I was playing. I'm like, "Holy shit, man! Like yeah. to have that kind of support is means a lot." And and so that that's what makes the third semester so so um so difficult not like difficulty wise is like gameplay but like yeah it, it's a difficult experience to go through because he's someone at least when i played it he was someone i looked up to um someone who understands you and uh, when you when you have to do the flip of what kind of in a way you kind of feel betrayed uh that like oh you were talking to me for this reason but like like evan you said a lot of the villains leading up to that point are it's very clear that they're doing bad shit and they're bad people and you have a very good reason for taking them down. And I that is one aspect of original or just Persona 5 in general that I actually valued a lot. I said, fi- finally, there's a game where like not every villain has to be complex or conflicting in ideals. I like that Persona 5 said, no, fuck that shit. They're bad. Go get them and make the world a better place and do it with like swagged out with like looking cool as shit mm-hmm. and that that I, I value that a lot uh, especially in 2017 when persona 5 first came out i'm like this game represents a lot of the different struggles that people go through in society and to have a game that represents a lot of the bad actors who perpetuate injustices and to ha- put them be like yo take their ass down and I'm like, hell fucking yeah. And that, that's one of the things I said when we were talking about Game of the Year in 2017. I was like, this game puts its foot on the ground and says, this shit does not fly. And we are going to put you in a position to do something about it. And it's very empowering. Like, of all the games that I played, I think, like, Persona 5 is one, the most empowering experience that I've had playing a game. Uh, but I also said that in, in P5R review that I think that the there, it's a genuine moral, moral quandary. And I was like... I think we agree that we we weren't used to that or we weren't prepared for that. Yeah. And then so when you put this character that you've you've had a genuine connection with and you put him as like not necessarily the villain but the person you have to fight, it's hard. Like I, I when the the first reveal happened and you had to fight uh the first time you had to fight him and then kind of explore his his palace, it's just it was it was so it was so intriguing to have that shift that is so different and it pulled it off extremely well. Yeah. Because like not much in 
I, I think like I wasn't sure if they're going to able be able to pull it off uh, because like, oh, out of nowhere, they're going to have this huge tonal shift in its storytelling style. But holy shit, like I think that the unexpectedness of it, of that whole third semester story arc is kind of also part of what plays into how impactful it is. Yeah. Um, and uh, I guess the last thing I'll say is that uh, or I, I don't know, I, I'll let y'all take away. I have I just have a lot of feelings and I. I want to hand it over to y'all. Oh, I totally get you. I think, um, I think that apart from just being like a complex villain, I mean, like you can't even call Marky a villain, which is such a weird thing to say about the yeah. final boss of a game. But it's just like it is absolutely devastating having to fight him. Like, like it's so different from the first game. You don't feel like celebrating. It's just like I mean, you literally say during the final boss fight, like, please stop. Like, please stop fighting. Like, I we we have a difference of opinion. We have a difference of ideals of how, what the right way is to, to live, what the right way is to help. And the devastating thing about Maraki is he's just like a ridiculous empath. He's not even doing this for himself. He's not, he's not, he's not even doing this on purpose. Like that when, when you get into his tapes, when you, when you explore his palace and learn more about him, the only reason that he got his powers is that he was so devastated by his fiance's pain after her parents being murdered in a home invasion that he's, he's just absolutely destroyed by what's happened to her and wants to take away her pain. And it is just too much for him to watch. And that is the same as when he encounters Samari. And it's just, it's, it's too sad for him to see other people be sad. It's not like he's had something awful like in his life and he's just like, I just want to fix this. I don't want to feel this. He just can't process the pain of everyone around him and not do something about it. And then like subconsciously gets powers because he just cares about people so much. <laughs> so being on the other side of that is what you were saying, Evan. It's like, am, am I right? Because this guy yeah. is amazing and cares more about people than arguably any other character in the game. And this is a game filled with good and just people. And he genuinely just wants to help. And I think like, I know um, we'll probably get into it more later, but uh, the theme of his palace, Gentle Madman, and particularly um, Throw Away Your Mask, the, the songs, the new songs in Royal, do an incredible job of setting the scene and representing that clash between you are wrong. Ultimately, you have to let people live even if it hurts. You, you have to let people hurt if they need to hurt. But but it makes so much sense from his side too. And it's just, it's this struggle of just like, they they just can't see eye to eye is really what the final boss battle is. It's not good versus evil. It's not who's right or who's wrong. It's just this really agonizing fight between two people who believe that they are just doing the just thing that is going to save everybody. Um, and it's, it's, it's devastating. It's devastating. Yeah. I, you guys you, you hit on the main things I wanted to say about him in a way better way, but the, the two biggest things for me were definitely the fact that he's he's not bad in the 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 amount of empathy that he has to to have to to deal with all that it's it it made the whole thing hit really hard and like Michael was saying to the the idea of a person that you confide in for so long and the entire crew confides in for so long as a person who's supposed to help them uh having it kind of flip mode on him and the other way around those those were the, the two biggest things I, I really liked about him also yeah. uh i just, he, i like how he constantly offered snacks as a weird thing <laughs> Me too. I, I wish that i had like a counter for how many times people actually took him up and took them but like <laughs> it it's 
yes, so many good good things in a character that you think isn't going to be such a big thing until everything kind of hits. And yeah. I really appreciated it. Yeah, and I don't I don't even think that like he portrayed the Phantom Thieves really. Like if you you know going back to, like his confidant arc, you watch that, you watch his scenes at all the other phantom thieves like it's pretty obvious what he's doing if you kind of know like i think michael you brought up too like when he said to joker like you've done a really good job like with your internal and external reality a lot of people have like an internal self that they want to be and an Mm. external self of who they are and you've come to terms with that and i think that that's ultimately why joker doesn't get you know like he, he doesn't buy into this whole fake reality but i think that like i think it's on where like maruki kind of says to her like you know, wouldn't it be nice if we didn't have to deal with any of this? And she's like, yeah, that would be great. Um, (laughs) And then you, so I think that like when this happens, it's kind of one of those things where like, he's thinking that like, he's going to be like, surprise, look, I gave you this perfect reality. And everyone's going to be like, oh my gosh, that's so amazing. (laughs) But then, you know, it turns out not. And he's just like, you know, I'm, I'm so disappointed that you of all people are not happy with this. Yeah. And I think that's kind of like, and he's, you know, again, he's so nice the whole way through. And like he even like, again, in his confound, like he takes you out to, I think, lunch one day because he's like, you yeah. know, like, thank you so much for helping me with my research. And like even on his final day at school, he chooses to spend his time with you, which is like even I thought like, oh, that's so sweet. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, that's yeah. Um, uh, yeah, that, that's that's a great point, Evan. But like uh, and that makes me it makes me look back retroactively at everything like the that entire confidant arc in a different light. Um, cause then you start to see like, oh, what, what is, what's he actually working towards? Like, why does he kind of care so much about each of us? Like he kind of already knew what we were up to because like he has that reveal, like, oh shit, I know y'all was the Phantom Thieves. I was like 90% sure y'all was the Phantom Thieves the whole time. So I took an interest in y'all. Um, but it, it does still come from a genuine place and he doesn't fall into like that mad scientist sort of, uh, archetype, which yeah. I think is really important. And it's also he doesn't become the mad scientist. Oh, because um, I don't know. He well, he in a way he did lose his his lover, his partner, his girlfriend. Uh, but it's not it's not that simple. Like it's it, he's probably one of the most complex characters in the game. And as you start to un- reveal the tapes uh, throughout the palace and have a gradual understanding, I think this also speaks to uh, what Jess was saying about how like things aren't handed to you like story story bits aren't handed to you straight up in the third semester so as you explore the palace that's when you kind of start to unroll who maruki what what his past actually was he didn't like have this reveal like haha in my past i was this bad shit happened to me so now i'm gonna be your uh be your antagonist uh he just never straight up says it to you instead you just you unveil that bit by bit and throughout the um throughout the palace and i I think that 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 makes him that makes him more interesting and in that he doesn't fall into those archetypes. So and like like damn, I, I can't it, it's not like oh his his girlfriend died or she broke up with him or like smashed with another dude or whatever. Uh it's like, dude, she's right there and doesn't remember me. Uh yeah. like I was like, God damn, like that that's ooh, that's a that's a lot. <laughs> that's a that's a lot to handle. Uh and yeah, it it, it it makes sense why he is the way he is. Like, if you are granted that power also to yeah. create an ideal world, like, what, like why wouldn't you? 
Like, it, it, I, yeah. like you understand why he does what he does. It's not like, oh, I'm an anime villain. I have this superpower song. I'm going to do some shit. Uh, he's, it, it, it makes perfect sense in his context of like, to, to use this superpower that he has, he's going to, um, I want, he wants to make sure that no one feels what the pain that he felt. Uh, and it's, uh, the, it, yeah, Marky's, Marky's like, damn, man. <laughs> yeah. He's literally the, I wish for world peace guy. It's yeah. just like, yeah. That's mm-hmm. everyone's thing, right? Isn't it like if you could make one thing happen, we just take away all the hurting in the entire world? Like it's it's a it's a respectable thing to want to do. It's just, you know, like with all wishes is a double-edged sword and you're taking away people's agency and you're taking away their past and and uh, yeah, and, and 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 I think it's really sad that to take away people's pain and people's trauma, you're rewriting who they are is a very real thing and it's a very it's sad that that's true, but it is true. And I think it's really, um, I really appreciate that the game goes into that. And I think like building on uh, why, because I, I remember you said in your review, Michael, about the last palace being like the best palace they've done in Persona mm-hmm. 5. And I think I, I was going back and looking through it again because it's been a year since I played it last night. And I think one of the things that's also excellent that they do in that last palace is not only do you find the tapes, but the way of unlocking the new gates to get to the next areas is giving uh, information to these locked gates about those tapes. So the game is not only saying, hey, watch these cutscenes, a game that frequently lets you skip through things and not <laughs> yeah. have to listen to all the dialogue. It's like, no, 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 we want you to get this. And I, I really, I'm really glad that they do that. And I'm glad that they do that in a way that it, it makes you be involved. I mean, I don't know, you're 120 hours in, like presumably you are, but just in case you're not, it's like, no, you you got to understand this guy. In the same way that this guy is understanding and taking on everyone else's pain, the game wants to make sure that you've taken on his and you've taken on his story and the shit that's happened to him to really understand who he is and make those final moments like more impactful. I kind of, for the last palace, how you get to see it earlier on, and it's kind of where you meet Kasumi and her persona like activates and all that. It It's interesting that they kind of, tricked me i don't know if it got anyone else into thinking that it might be her palace because yeah. her yeah. whole trauma i thought was because she lost her her sister so the whole thing looks like a hospital we're in a yeah. hospital at the end and to be like oh well, we're just gonna like find out eventually that we're, we're doing a thing to help her but then having the reveal of maruki being there it was good i like that yeah i believe they have a catchy say that to you too a catchy reckons it's hers mm. yeah i think uh I guess one like last point um, on Maruki that you guys were talking about is that I think like when when Akechi, when you ultimately make that decision, like you learn how to catch, you learn that Akechi will die if you end up going through with this. Like he's very strong in his conviction. He's like, I would rather die than live under somebody else's thumb. And I feel like that like, I mean, you guys have already talked about Akechi or like there's that part at the end where she's like, just do your goddamn job when everyone else is like, you got this Joker. But I think that like, I think that's such like a great, like, I think almost like ending point right before you face Maruki where Ketchy's like, no, like, I would rather you fucking kill me than let me live in this bullshit reality. (laughs) So anyways, yeah, uh, we will definitely talk about Maruki more because we'll definitely talk about the ending soon. But I do want to jump over to Kasumi, a.k.a. Sumire Yoshizawa. I think that um, she was kind of the big poster child for the game. Um, Mm -hmm. All the marketing was like, there's this new character. I think like even on the box art, like her face is the biggest. I could be wrong about that. But 
Um, I guess like tell me like just the, like everything, like your thoughts on Kasumi. Like for me personally, like I'll just say that like for a lot of the game, like I didn't really understand why she was there. Like she kind of kept showing up in a lot of these moments and she like gave things here and there. But then ultimately when you learn the truth and you learn how she's connected to Maruki and how, you know, the, the, how she's like directly connected, I think that she really pays off as a character. Like I like Sumeri a lot more than Kasumi, but I think that's the yeah, point because she's fake. She's, she's yeah. what she, <laughs> Damn. well, she thinks in for most of the game, she's what she believes Kasumi was. She wasn't yeah. actually Kasumi. Yeah. She had like this idealized version of in her mind of who Kasumi was and she was just doing that. I think a lot of her confidant was her doing these things and kind of being bad at them and being like, I don't understand why I'm bad at this. Like, I used to be really good at this because Kasumi was really good at it. And then uh, she ultimately comes to decide yeah. that, like, you know, I'm Sumire. She's Kasumi. We're different people. But, like, give me, like, all your thoughts on Kasumi, Sumire as, a, as like, the whole thing. Yeah, I mean, I just, I have not too much to say. I, I kind of feel the same way you do. Um, I found her really fake and kind of annoying. Um, to be honest, there are so many Ooh. Kasumi fans, though. Kasumi fans. By the time they, but as you said, I think that that's intentional. I think that mm -hmm. it's intentional because the person that she is is not who she is, nor is it a person who ever existed. It's a combination of an idealized version, which fits into the theme of the game, mm -hmm. of mm -hmm. this person that she was so uh, felt felt that she could never live up to. And, um, and, and I think that's interesting. I, I think, I think there's a lot of payoff because of that. I really like her story, but I felt the same way until reaching those pivotal points in her confidant arc. I was like, who is this chick? Like, she just felt, I was like, is this girl just like supposed to be like just a plus waifu? Like, Hey, look, she's hot <laughs> and smart. And she calls everyone senpai because she's like really respectful and she's fit and she can eat everything. I was like, is this just like a perfect woman? Like that's been written. Like, I don't know. The, the perfect um, waifu. <laughs> that's what, that, yeah. is that what people want? I don't know. Chicks are kidding. Probably. Um, but yeah, I, I I think she bugged me for a really long time. Um, she's she's sweet, but I just felt like she was too sweet. Um, mm. and then it was like, no, this is why she is how she is. And I think that like I I think going through it again that feeds into all her interactions. Everything makes sense, and I ultimately like respect the way that she was portrayed. Still didn't romance her though. Did any of you guys romance her? I did only because she was the new character, and I just right. wanted yeah. to see how that would go. Like it wasn't was that like good. I mean, was it good? <laughs> the interesting thing oh, wow. about it is that, like, you you ultimately romance Sumire. You don't romance Kasumi. Like, by that sure. point with her, like, you've gotten, she's gone through, like, I think there's that point where she's like, you're both with, like, her, her coach. And her coach is like, no, like, you need to figure out, like, I think her coach says something along the lines of, like, you're very delicate and graceful when Kasumi was very bold. You're trying to yeah. mimic Kasumi's boldness. Like, you really need to lean more into, like, your own strengths as a gymnast. So I think by the time you reach that point, She's she's already like full Sumire, um, she, but like there's still like hints of that like senpai. Um, yeah, there's nothing like I think like her rank ten confidant arc is really good, but there's nothing about romancing her specifically that does anything. But I think that's true of all the P five girls. Like the rank ten true. confidant is exactly the same for all of them, whether you romance or not. It just it's a little different. So I might be wrong about this, but she is the only romantic option that actually confesses to you by the way. Oh. Uh, yeah. She's yeah. the only one who tells you how she feels and then you have to turn her down or accept it. I turned her down. Uh, 
<laughs> yeah, I turned it down. Fubi. Don't you have to actually say I I have a girlfriend or something? I it's it's something that I, I don't remember, but I, I remember because I streamed the whole ending like a like a yeah. seven hour thing. In I remember like looking over at the chat and Evans like that's the first time I've ever seen anyone do that. <laughs> uh, I mean, I haven't. I didn't watch any of, like a lot of other, pers- but like I just went with Sumire and I never looked at like what happens if you turn Sumire down. But yeah. I knew that in that moment, you're right. She confesses to you, mm-hmm. and she's just like. I think I'm in love with you. And like, I feel like when someone says that, you're like, it would feel horrible uh, to just be like, like yeah, I, I'm with Makoto. Sorry. I wasn't, I I wasn't prepared. I didn't know what to do. I've, I didn't know how to, how to turn it down. I will I say though, I don't know if Haru confesses to you, but like, if you turn Haru down, she's she just, makes you feel bad. Yeah. She just oh, shuts no. down. She's like, Oh, I have to go study. And then she just oh. walks away. I'm like, Ooh, <laughs> that's horrible. Uh, yeah it's horrible that there you Ooh. go oh my god <laughs> uh yeah I, I i i echo many of y'all's sentiments when it comes to kasumi sumire uh i think that i was so when you when you go through the uh the the base content you can only rank her up to five so i was like either one there's a lot more to her that is relegated to whatever the extra content may be or two they really cut her short and i was like damn you hate to see it uh and i was gonna i was re- gonna be really sad about that but not because like i was i really liked her character but i you know you just i just want to see where she goes um i i think the so going going to, into what jess said like um kind of the the story playing the long game of having this 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 character who's maybe not the i mean if if you if you're fucking like mr uh, i will build your own waifu or whatever like you probably loved her um uh, i mean if you are hey i'm not trying to hate but uh i see ben Ben shaking your head i'm trying to figure Um, out who mr build your own waifu is but that's just me (laughs) but and and then so yeah playing the playing long game of like um it, it's it's uh it, it it was risky i i, I think uh, to show that because like in my previews i was like yo she only has five ranks and like when you make it to rank five it's very anticlimactic yeah, um, yeah. You, you just you got a very incomplete picture um but as once you kind of understand why that is then uh it kind of it kind of falls into place and i i had uh i had trouble kind of i don't know i guess uh, relating no well not relating was it understanding her story i guess but i think that her she comes into full picture obviously once once you get the full picture on maruki um because once you make it into the palace that that's it's also it is maruki's palace but it's also hers too uh because their yeah. their their fates are intertwined in yeah. in a very real way because kasumi was the or uh, sumire was kind of like the test uh, case for Maruki's like reality uh, so that shit was fucking wild because that's when you get to peer into the 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 one-on-one sessions that they both had uh, so uh, like yeah and, and in a way because like you're led to believe that that is uh, Kasumi's palace when you go in there like in October before the third semester is even a thing so um, I do I do like that it was almost like a dual palace in a way so I don't know. I, I think she, she's she's cool. She's not my favorite, but I definitely understand her purpose uh, in the story. And I think that 
her she served it well and like when you kind of her her story is very different from everyone else's so i think that's 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 very important for her to stand out in that regard because like there's no one else on the fan thieves that have a problem with like dual identities or trying to assume someone else's identity like that is a (laughs) fucking wild thing Uh, (laughs) because at first you're like yo this is this is too far-fetched even for a persona but Mm -hmm. i think that once you start to unravel it and and see more of that in that last palace and it's like and it is the same thing with Maruki, where like at first you're like, okay, this is like some some wild anime bullshit, but it it starts to make more sense. Like if you were in that position, like you can't blame them for taking the opportunities that they were given with whatever powers that they had. So, um, which speaks to how really good the like how great the third semester is told. Yeah, yeah. I I think I overall I, I liked Kasumi Samire uh, all the way through. I, I like a lot of the kind of like the, the story bits of the, the leveling up the confidant, like picking out the glasses for her father and then seeing those glasses on him later on was neat. Oh shit. Yeah. Like you actually like it's in the third semester when yeah. you're like after the shrine scene, her dad comes to pick her up and I'm like, Oh, those are the glasses I helped her pick out. Yeah. Mm. Like I, I like that kind of stuff and how they kind of brought it around. But like, I don't know. I, like I, I said earlier, I, I have, turning her down when she confessed to me there's only one punch shaped hole in my heart that belongs to makoto i can't <laughs> I, I i appreciate what she brought to the story and i really liked the time that i got to spend with her but yeah uh, it, it, it's interesting you, yeah. you guys said it all way better than i did anyway oh. that's fine yeah i think um ultimately like because i think she serves that plot purpose like mm-hmm. absolutely like if you go back, I think, and replay the game, knowing everything about what happens, like you might have a different perspective on Kasumi, but I definitely know the first time I went through it. And I wonder even too, like, it, like I guess maybe t- directing this question towards you, Ben, like you kind of already answered it too, but like, you know, I went into this game having played Persona 5, the original. So Kasumi was kind of like inserted in the story that I already knew. If you're playing this for the first time and you see Kasumi, like, does it feel off at all? Does it feel like these moments are just kind of like, shoehorned in that like oh there's this random scene with this girl who's not in the phantom thieves in the phantom thieves all that stuff so so yeah it it didn't feel unnatural at all which was really interesting uh i i love like when you take the the hawaii field trip and she shows up when you're at the gift shop like that kind of thing like it didn't it didn't feel out of place to me but uh it it it, what i feel i feel bad because the the only having five ranks kind of really makes you think that they're going to have something else happen. And the whole time I was sitting there like, where, where is this going to go? This, this is the only persona social link that is five stars. This isn't right. She's going to do something later on. There's, there's no reason that they'd put all this marketing for it only have give her five social. And I thought about that the whole time. Yeah, it's probably hard. I mean, whether you started with Royal or you didn't, it's hard to come into her story in the same way you come into anyone else's because it's like alarm bells every time she's on screen. Like even if she doesn't feel shoehorned in, it's like Kazumi's around. What's she going to yeah. do? What's she going to do? And I think it was a bit the same with Maruki. It was just like they're acting the same way as the other characters act, basically. Like they're just being whoever they are. But it's just like, you gonna do something? What are you gonna say? What's, what's, what's gonna, gonna happen next time I hang out with her? Oh, we're just going to pick out glasses. All right, never mind. Yeah, Everyone yeah. chill out. But like, you never know. 
So I guess I just want to open the floor now. I know on the sheet I put a bunch of stuff like new music, Kichi Joji, gameplay changes. Do we want to just kind of bundle that all up into one and just like yeah. talk about things we want to talk about? So then we just sure. move to the ending. Yeah. Uh, yeah. All right. So I'll just I'll just open the floor to that kind of stuff. So um, take over. Better battle theme than uh, the the uh, last surprise. Go. Is it? <laughs> yeah. Oh, I hundred percent agree. I think I think it's it's a. I, I said this before that it's uh, take over is a better battle theme, but last surprise is the better song. So yeah. They serve different purposes. I agree, so. I agree. But. I said, you know, Evan said, don't talk about Strikers. One thing I'll say is but, that the Strikers remix you, okay. of Last, the Strikers remix about it. of Last Surprise is the best battle theme of all time. Dude, yeah, you know, it's so good. The amount of of effort that that Hey Hey does at the beginning oh. of that song, I didn't know how much I needed it until I heard it. It's perfect. That, that's the thing that gets you out of your seat and start fucking swinging at exactly like drunk at a bar or something hell yeah <laughs> i think like yeah you could talk about strikers is not a spoiler um but yeah. i think like <laughs> i'm just kidding that music i think scratches a different itch for me oh, where yeah, it's yeah. like big time because yeah. you know there's a there's a great like behind the scenes video where they did like the music of that game and like they show like the like the heavy metal well, not heavy metal like the electric guitar like rock and roll like that they added to a lot of the music and i think they even talked about how like that was so different from their process of doing persona 5 music so i think like yeah in terms of like getting like hyped up like like i'm gonna kick some fucking ass like yeah i mean anything from persona 5 strikers all the way but yeah. i think for me like i actually like take over better as a song because it is a battle theme so is last surprise like that is the purpose it's serving and like for me with the music in persona 5 like and royal i think about it in the context of how it's used in the game yes i'm not necessarily always thinking about like the song itself so it's like you know one of the, I think, take over. Like, I love, I believe in Royal because of oh, like how boy. it's yes. used. <laughs> boy. Yes. Um, boy. Yeah. And then, like, even Colors Flying High, like that whole new opening animation, like, I love that. Um, and I think that, like, and of course, as, as Jess, you mentioned, like the ideal and the real gentle madman, like all of those Maruki songs that, like, they play, like, both in the palace and, like, in his confound arcs, like, those are all absolutely fantastic. I think a lot of people say, Persona 5 is their favorite, one of their favorite video game soundtracks. I say Persona 5 Royal is because yeah. it's all Persona 5 <laughs> yeah. plus all this yeah. new really great shit. I agree. Yeah, and I think, um, so Evan, like you you, uh, you said it best when uh, you listen to these songs and you can't, you can't separate them from the experience. And it's not, and it's not just that it's the songs that play in the most impactful and, and pivotal moments. It's that the songs are also a narrative device. Like the, the lyrics that are written are supposed to, are, they serve a purpose and that they are recapping either what you're supposed to be feeling in that moment or what has led up to that moment. I think I, I've always said this about rivers in the desert, uh, which I felt in the base game is that it plays as a, as the new boss battle theme completely unexpected once you make it to Shido. And that song is so that song is basically pushing you to remind you what you're fighting for and at that point in the game, it can feel very like you could, the, the characters feel exhausted. They're exhausted by this process of having to fight and fight and fight and finally make it to who they think might be the final boss or whatever, or the ultimate villain that they've always had their in their in their sights. So like Rivers and Desert is just a perfect. It's like the game is talking to you, the player of like reminding you what you're fighting for. And yeah. that song is so powerful because of that. And it, it's intimidating. That song sounds intimidating. It's not happy. It's not sad. It's kind of it's kind of unsettling in, a, in the way it, it sounds. So the music in Royal does that as well. And um, 
I guess, well, I'll, I'll mention this now, but I think it's, it's going, when we talk about the endings, I think this is also going to be very important is, uh, Marky's, uh, his own theme is it's very, it's calm. It's comforting. It, it, like I feel, Oh, I feel safe. Like it's, it's a really sweet tune. And whenever I hear it, whenever I hear that song, I'm like, yeah. Oh shit. Like, damn, I'm with my boy. Like I could tell, I could tell him anything, uh, and all this other shit. And then, so, and then you talk about songs like, uh, I believe is, <laughs> yeah like when you get to the end and it's that that one last because you oh you always expect life will change to play when you when you secure the treasure and you say all right we're going to run through the palace one more time and make it to the final boss um and you expect that's uh you, you expect life will change to play and it just hits you with like because the, the first thing you hear is like the really high uh high-pitched yeah. strings in mm-hmm. it and you're like oh shit it's different and it, it's it's a remix of it samples a lot of different pieces of Persona Five soundtrack. Mm-hmm. It has the it has the riff of Life Will Change in a different key. It uses the strings that you that that same string style that you recognize from Last Surprise. And uh, when I, I learned how to play the song on guitar, and only then did I realize how much it like draws from bits and pieces from other songs throughout the game. But it's a completely different song, and it. it in the way it's like the lyrics too are written as a recap, a, a recap of everything that you're supposed to be feeling in that moment, everything that you've worked for. And yeah, it, it's, it's just a perfect representation of the entire journey in one song. And like when it, when the, when the hook hits as you climbing up the stairs, it's like they, they planned, okay, this, like if you optimally run to, if you get to this point in when you're running up the staircase for the last boss fight, this part of the song will ideally play at that moment. And it's just like this euphoric sense of, I have nothing left to lose. Mm. Like we've made our decision. We've done so much work. It's, it's time that we, we end this. And in a way that song is also telling you that everyone is very sure of the decisions that they've made. Um, and that's only because of the things that they've been through throughout the game. Um, and it's it's a representation of their growth and that final moment when they have to, um, you know, fight the last battle until until Strikers. But <laughs> uh, but yeah, that I've, I specifically called out that song. And I love that in the video review, when I mentioned music, just put that started that song. And I was like, yo, the music's fucking fire. And it's like it makes the best soundtrack even more iconic <laughs> and then just put the song in there and then it is the it rides out until the perfect moment till the very end yeah. uh and yeah that, that song is I, I can't listen to that song anymore unless i'm like super drunk because like if i hear it i'm gonna be i'm gonna cry i i just get my feelings and when i yeah. if i hear that song like if i'm like i'm I, i'm it's one of those songs i'm just like afraid of listening to because i don't I have to be in the right mode. And it's the same thing with like Sunset Bridge, which is that uh, I mentioned a lot that it's that song that plays when people have their their moments of clarity uh, throughout the game. And then when it plays on the last day, it's just um, it's the game again. The game is telling you like this is how you should feel. And you're like, yeah, this is this is how I feel. So, um, yeah, music is uh, serves such a great purpose throughout all of Persona, but never I feel like has a game said so much about the story through its music and i think Mm -hmm. every like i almost feel as if they knew that go well i mean i'm sure that they knew that going into p5 but when it came to p5r it's that mentality did not uh, go by the wayside every new song in that game serves its purpose it's 
a thing of beauty. Yeah, I agree. I mean, like, throw away your mask in the final boss fight. The lyrics to that song are amazing. It's just like, if you didn't already completely understand where Maraki was coming from or see that he's not a villain, like, the lyrics are like, hey, you you don't have to do this. Like, you don't, you don't, don't worry, life is hard. Like, literally, Maraki's just like, life is hard. People have to go too much. It's not fair. I just want you to be happy. Like, you don't have to strive for greatness. You don't mm-hmm. have to, like, win the day. You don't, you don't have to, like, go through anything. Like, I will help you. Like, everything's going to be all right. Like, you, you deserve to be free. You deserve to be happy. And the song says it over and over again as you're fighting him. And yeah. It's like, oh, my God. Am I right? Am I wrong? Yeah, oh, no, I know I'm <laughs> right. But it's like, oh, he's trying to help me. And I'm sorry. And that's why it makes it all the more impactful when you keep having those dialogue interludes where he's like, because that that fight is takes like four or five stages. And yeah. it's just like, yeah. and you keep having these interludes where you think you've won. And then he's like, no, it's too important to save you. Marquis, it's too important to him to, to make you not have to be in pain. And it's and it's devastating to have to fight him when he's trying to help you and yeah it's it's that that's a phenomenal song i yeah. i listen to this music almost every day it's absolutely amazing it's yeah i i can't because of because pain because pain hey, yeah. Yeah, like that. <laughs> oh shit i like because I, I i'd heard i believe before it it like like I didn't realize it was I believe until literally the part where you're in the air jumping up to like do the last hit and the lyric says I believe, and <laughs> oh, sure. Like literally looking back uh, at, at when I when I streamed it, there's a, a literal moment where like the lyric gets said and I'm like, that's where that song's from. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then it all came together and I got it and it made sense and like you guys have all said the game does such a great job at pairing its music to its moments that i can't listen to some of it with all i also yeah. feeling like emotional yeah. thinking about i think about the moment when all my friends came together to hold back the boss <laughs> like <laughs> to help me end it and they're all yelling things at me i think about Maruki telling me all the things that he's been telling me i think about it's just it's all tied to it so well and yeah I, I don't need to waste more time saying things that you guys have already said with better words, but it it's rad and I love it. And I, I wish that more games could do it as well as persona does. Yeah. Oh uh, yeah. You hear, you hear also that, that they use, I believe for Mark, uh, for one of the trailers or I think for like one of its, one of its main trailers. Oh. And then so when, when I heard it the first time I was like, Oh shit, this is a new, this is a new song. Yo, this song sounds wild. This sounds like all these different things that we know from P5. And then I'm always wondering, okay, when, when's it? When does it yeah. come in? When, when yeah. are they going to use it? And they don't use they they use it like one and a half times. And the first time you hear it is when you're walking up to Maroki, like we said. And mm-hmm. then the second time it plays when you finally end the fight for real, for or kind of for real, for real. <laughs> uh, and it's just like, okay, they use the song like twice, and yeah. it's so effective in that like using it rarely or saving it saving it for that very last moment is ah uh, goddamn i think like i mean it's probably not again for it's more for people who only played one of the games but i think there's still a misconception that it's like royal has 15 hours of extra story content and that's how it's different it's like the, they literally Im- P5 was already an excellent, excellent game and they improved every part of it. Like I'm still blown away by that. Like going back and rewatching my biggest changes video I made last year is it's like 
down to the UI, down to quality of life, down to making sure SP isn't like a bitch the entire time. <laughs> yeah. It's just like, <laughs> oh, actually, you know what I really bloody loved was the opportunity in Royal, uh, namely because of a um, new ability that you could get through Justine and Caroline, a uh, special treatment, which lets you pay for superpowered personas. Royal was the first time that because of the extra time you get and because of things like that ability, I could get like the best personas in the game Mm -hmm. and I could like max every single confidant. And that's not something that was possible for me in the first game. And I think like they made it, I mean, it's still like a little tricky. Like I still had to use a guide because some of those personas at the very end that you have to use, like you have to fuse like seven personas (laughs) from like different things. And the way to make each of those is really complicated, but it's like fighting with the best powers in the game, with the best personas in the game is like that ultimate RPG moment of like, oh man, I'm like killing it now. (laughs) Like you just feel, you feel like you should feel at the end of 150 hours of grinding and leveling. And I really appreciated that. It was like more of that power fantasy. Hell yeah. I think I kind of want to pose this question to you guys too. It's something I've thought about a lot is that like, I think there is a lot of misconceptions about Persona 5 Royal. I think a lot of people who play the original is like, I don't want to play Royal. Like, I don't want to play all of that again. Or like, what is so different about Royal, right? I've never played the original Persona 4, but I know like with Persona 4 Golden, like it's some people are like, oh, the new content, whatever. Uh, Catherine Full Body is a whole nother discussion. But like, what, I guess, what would you say to someone who maybe played the original and they're like, I have no interest in playing Royal. Like, what, what would you say to someone? You you missing out, bro? Like, damn. <laughs> uh, I would say that like the if it depends on the reason why they don't wanna they don't wanna replay it. But if for for most it's like it's 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 a long time investment. Um, but it, like just said is that it's not just that extra like if if all it was was the um, the added the third semester and all the story stuff that came along with it. I think that that would have been enough to convince me to like shit. I was gonna play it anyway. But yeah. it the 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 the, the moment to moment experience is much more streamlined in this the like in 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 Royal because you have a lot of different things like like Ben mentioned the leveling of the baton pass and just making that such a core mechanic uh, this time around where it's something that you you want to plan around not just hitting weaknesses of your enemies and all that uh, so there's there's that and there's like the the tweaks to the palaces that make them a little bit more streamlined like Okumura's palace is still not that great that boss fight I know everyone has <laughs> everyone has something to say about that boss fight Ooh. I got very lucky in my experience that I only had to do it twice um but i could very much see if like i had a very small window and i got it at the perfect time and i kept it moving and i didn't think about that boss anymore uh but generally the the fights are more interesting too like when you when you fight Madarame, when you fight uh there's just there's more mechanics layered on so it's it's a lot of small bits and pieces that have changed the overall experience i think it makes it a little bit more uh a little bit more um varied than original p5 was so and I think like also you, ha- you have the extra confidant arcs, you have Akechi, you have uh, Marky, there's Kasumi as well. Uh, and it's just there's it feels fresh enough in the base game that by the time you make it to like 100 hours and you finish the original content, it it didn't necessarily feel like I was retreading old ground. So uh, there's also like if for leveling up confidants, you don't have like you still need to plan your days around who you want to level up and making sure that you spend time correctly with them. But there's also things like the phone calls at the end of hanging out with them so you can boost up their uh, your rank with them a little bit faster. 
there's a lot of mechanics that let you see more of the game. So uh, yeah. I think that's that. I think that's the the important aspect there is that not only is there more content throughout the base game, but there are mechanics that let you experience more of them. So you're not uh, not left like ah damn I I didn't get to level up this person and, not, yeah. and like you still have to put in the work and plan around that. But uh, it's just so much easier to see the good stuff. I'd, I'd just say at this point, Royal makes the original obsolete. There's no reason to even play the original one. Like that's, yeah, I agree. There's there's so many changes and so many differences and so many things added on that there's you can't look back at that game and be like, "This is worth running through it all." It's yeah, Royal's perfect. It's got it all. It's ten out of ten. Gamespot.com. That's hey. what it says. Big that's facts. Right. <laughs> I yeah. think I just like really respect the overhaul as well. Like they had yeah. Arguably, they had a 10 out of 10 game. They didn't have to go through and change every little thing and make the UI like easier to read, do little things like adding traits to personas. It's like no yeah. one was like, this game is incomplete without that. And I just really respect that. There are so few games that I feel like have that attention to detail. And, and it's something that I think is exemplified in the usage of music and in how beautiful the UI and menus are. It's just like those are things that if they phoned them in, no one would really mind. Like you get, you, there's plenty of 10 out of 10 games that have basic ass menus or like an average <laughs> use of music, but it just, it doesn't feel like there's any aspect of P5R in particular that isn't the best that it can be. I mean, of course there's missteps here and there, but it feels like everything has been shown love and it's slick as hell. And I just really respect that. Like as a, as a craft, not just as a player. Let's now talk about the ending. There, there are two endings. Well, two main endings. Let's start with the boss fight, the Maruki boss fight. You go through the palace, you get to that. Let's let's start the evening before. You sit mm -hmm. down with Maruki. You know he calls you up. You know you're, you're you're waiting with all the phantom thieves. You're waiting for him to contact you because I think Akechi's the one who's like he's gonna contact you. Like he's not just gonna screw you over because he's a good guy. So he calls you and he's like, "Can I come to the cafe and talk to you?" You know the part where he where he throws the card at him. <laughs> I can't yeah. not think about the part where you throw the the calling card at him immediately because <laughs> it's such a it's such a beautiful just power move and I love it. I love how yeah. he knows too. He's just like yeah. you have something you need to give me, right? Yeah, you're just like you're just like <sighs> yeah, take it. Yeah, it's it's that it's that moment of of mutual understanding because you ha you have that yeah that you sit down with him and you kind of. He pleads his case for like the tenth time. I think some people have said that, yeah, he keeps beating you over the head with with his ideals. But like, who wouldn't? Like that is that is who he is. Like yeah. he be he believes in what he has like so strongly that he's going to do everything he can to convince you, even to the very, very, very end, the very, very end. Um, and it's that 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 meeting is is. is um, it's it's a very it's a very good scene of mutual respect and understanding and having like that moment when you you make that decision of whether or not you accept his reality and then you throw the calling card and it's it it's such a it's such a badass moment of of two two people looking at each other like just nodding like all right then like I gu I guess we're going to do this uh and I think that that as we said before, it's such a different tone uh, to everything else because you use the calling card to constantly expose people of their wrongdoings, of the things that they've been hiding and all the all the injustices that they've been pushing on a lot of different people. But here it's such an intimate uh, an intimate interaction uh, that's between them. And uh, it, it's it's kind of wild how 
the whole third semester in Hall, you, Maruki, Akechi, and everyone else is it's it's a very intimate storyline where it's everyone has everyone understands each other on such a such a deep level, but the implications are as grand as anything else that P five has told, uh, and I think that it it's that anime thing of where the stakes have been built up in such a such an extensive and personal way that uh, I, I just I just love that moment. It, it's an overwhelming sense of of clarity of we know where everyone stands and we're going to get into this moment. So that uh, yeah, I just I just like how and it's in LeBlanc and he came to you. It's 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 it shows how much that he understands and respects you. Yeah. And I think that like that scene is an encapsulation encapsulation of that relationship that this is a hard this is a hard decision to make, but you're gonna do it anyway. Yeah, I think um for me, like in that moment too, um, I think you hit it right on the head, like that mutual respect, like so this is happening, right? Like there's nothing left I can do. Yeah, both of y'all was like, Yeah, we're gonna do this. I think that's also the last moment when you can decide if you want to accept his reality. Yeah. Um but I think the moment that hit hardest for me and is that when you learn the truth about Akechi is that like, I don't know if it's ever said, but like that might have been Joker's kind of fantasy is that he wanted Akechi back in his life, whether he admitted it or not. And even though he could see through the reality, like Akechi could see through it too, like maybe his fantasy was to see through the reality. Like there's a lot of layers to it. But I think in that moment, uh, you figure that out where it's like, I think I mentioned earlier, like when Akechi turns himself in, that's kind of like where the, the story shifts. That's when it does like the, the 180 at that point where you're like, oh, holy shit, like this is how things are going to change. And then you find out he was never even real to begin with. He was like Wakaba or like President Okumura. Um, and even he, like despite being fake, sticks, well, fake, sticks to his strong ideals of, you know, like I don't want to live under somebody's thumb like, I would rather die. Like, this is not a life anybody wants to lead. And I think that, like, in a way, like, Maruki almost revealed that to Joker as, like, a last-ditch effort. Like, he he was, like, trying everything he could the whole game to get him on his side. And the last thing he thought to do was, like, Akechi isn't real. Like, do you want to lose your friend? Like, your yeah. friends are the most meaningful thing to you. And yeah. again, bringing back up that, like, now you have that agency with Akechi through the game. Like, you rank up that confidant arc. So if you got to that point with him... Now you have to make that decision. Like, like it's not even so much more like saving other people. Like in a way, like you're you're killing Akechi all over again. And I think to me, like that was such a, a powerful moment where like, again, you're already on that kind of teetering line of like, am I doing the right thing? Is Maruki doing the right thing? And like now, like getting rid of Akechi, isn't it? Like, I don't even think the rest of the Phantom Thieves know until after the fact. They're like, yeah. wait, like what happened to Akechi? Um, so I think like to me, like, that part sticks out a lot in my mind in that moment. And maybe it's just because, you know, I had played the original Persona 5, then Royal. And like that part where Akechi kind of reenters the story is like, it sticks out in my mind for that reason. But I remember seeing that moment and being like, fuck, like, I like Akechi. Like, I like him a lot more as a character now after everything we've been through in the third semester. You know, he is like, he was really smart. He was calling things out like, well, everyone else is really kind. He's like, I'm just, I'm just, you know, we have to stick to our goal so yeah, I mean that that's that I was really I was like, fuck, I don't want to lose a catchy shit. Yeah. I like him. Aww. Yeah, I agree. I think like what hit me really hard in that scene is that it's just so tense. And I we've already touched on it, but it's just so different from any other boss encounter in the game or encounter you have with like the big bad of each like particular um uh, segment of the game. It's um 
it's just it's just two people being like please let me save you it's it's like um i don't know it it, it was just so tense and upsetting because it's like it's like having an argument with a loved one where you're just like like <laughs> like a like a relationship or a family member or something it's just like god please see my side because i know that my side is right and i just I, I like I, I just need you to get it. Like I just need you to get on board, and it's absolutely vital that you get on board because it's the right thing for me, and it's the right thing for you. And they both feel that way, and it's just this like they're just at loggerheads. It's just like they both have really good points, and you know that you're ultimately right. But it's just yeah, I mean, it's what you guys already said. It's just this this ultimate respect, and they and they're both fond of each other, and and it's this it's just they're at an impasse. And it's the acceptance of that impasse and then what ultimately has to happen as a result of that because neither can convince the other to come to their side unless you agree to the deal, then you do. <laughs> so then you you re-enter his palace, you do the you know, do the fight scene. As we already talked about, I believe starts playing instead of life will change. You get up there, and then I believe this is the first time you see his persona. It's implied that his persona abilities is what's able to kind of change everybody through mementos, but you I think is this the first time like an adult has a persona in the five universe? Uh, I, th- I think so. Uh, he reveals it um, earlier when you f- uh, earlier in the palace, uh, you have a, like a mini boss fight against him. It's not his full. It's not his full persona, but uh, that's I think that's when you realize that he has right. uh, persona abilities. Right, right, right. Um, so, yeah. yeah. And I think like for me, like, you know, the whole point of having the persona is that like you have come to terms with yourself and like you have a strong will and that like you won't uh, be persuaded or like back down. So it's like Maroki also has that, right? Like it's pretty cut and dry. It's like, I mean, they even make a point of it. It's just like he has a palace, but he also has a persona. Like, how does that work? Right. Like throughout the whole game, like the bad guys have the palace, the good guys have the personas. And I think again, gray area again, like it opens up a whole new can of worms that like you can have a really strong will and believe in what you're doing, but also create a distorted palace in the cognitive world. So, you know, you go and fight him. And I think something really special about that first boss fight is how it emphasizes baton pass. Like you have to really like you you know, I, I, you, hopefully you ranked up the baton pass throughout the game with um, darts, but you have to take advantage of like every single character and hopefully you ranked up Hifumi too, so you could swap people in and out. And I think it almost kind of strengthens that because Maruki also kind of calls on everybody throughout the boss fight. He's just like, you know, Makoto, like I can give you what you want. And like Morgana, like I know that you're not comfortable with who you are. And he's like, no, fuck you. I'm a, I'm a cat now. Um, <laughs> Uh, and so like i think like that i don't think i think they kind of alluded to it a little bit like with madarame's new boss fight because they all have different weaknesses you kind of have to like pick a person to pick a thing and i think okumura's too in a way where it's like you have to take all of them down at once but i think maruki's boss fight really emphasizes those bonds where it's Mm -hmm. like you really have to take advantage of everybody like hopefully you ranked up that third persona and hopefully you ranked up baton pass like you need to hit him with everything you got I was going to yeah. say, flip it, Okumura's boss fight is the one where I switched from being like, oh, I can just match types and be fine, <laughs> to I do my dumb th- like four-person baton pass thing that I carried all the way through to the end. Yeah. Because yeah. Uh, I, I had a dumb like buff circle that I would just do at the beginning of every fight, and I'd take away like half of boss's health because I didn't want to deal with it. <laughs> um, oh. But it... It is, it is interesting, and I feel bad because apparently the baton pass thing is kind of like, 
it's it's difficult to kind of pick up on, but I kind of just blitz past it because I it was just part of my plan that I already did. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but it's it was still it was still interesting to kind of see like like you say the the calling out and noticing that you got to do different things to different arms and all that. It it's a neat boss fight. Yeah. yeah. Even if I kind of crushed it too hard. Yeah, I remember watching Ben stream and I'm like, wait a second, this boss fight was a lot harder when I played it because I I did it for review. So like, however powered I was at that moment, I needed to figure it out yeah, yeah. no matter yep. what. Yeah. Uh, but Ben being Ben being Ben, Mister RPG boy who min maxes a lot of things. I'm just, so scared of messing he pulled up. up. He pulled up and said, "No, fuck that shit. Smack smack this <laughs> motherfucker with like the almighty uh, abilities." Yeah, uh, which is like agnostic of uh of elemental types and i was like damn why didn't i yes. think of that <laughs> <sighs> this, is, this is a good time i like yeah. that but like to evan's point though uh because the way i played it it's that boss fight is again like, like you said a representation of everyone who has contributed to this fight um because there are so, so many important elements of that like ranking up the baton pass uh is the only way you can get around that while it kind of without being under duress or i mean i was still uh, but the fact that it has you have to pull from so many different elements especially if joker is not like joker can't do it all himself and when you start to figure out like okay i can take out this tentacle in one hit if i get so and so like makoto uh, on the third baton pass because her um her skill will take that out in one hit which will then afford me another baton pass then i can give it to like kasumi who has uh, has like an almighty ability that can really hit the main, like you're supposed to hit Adam Cadmon directly um, throughout the thing, but you can only get to him once you get rid of the, get rid of the tentacles. And when you piece that strategy together, it yeah. is this incredible feeling that everyone is working together. Like I hardly used um, Morgana and Ryuji in gameplay, but it was in that moment that I'm like, Oh shit, I'm glad that I did pay attention to getting them, making sure that they were equipped and making sure they had the right spells as they leveled up. Because in that moment I had to use them uh, and like Joker's running out of SP. I, I I don't know if I have room in my turn, in my turns, like you can't waste turns. Like if yeah. you have a turn, it, like you might use an item to restore someone as someone's SP, but that turn could have turned the tide because if yeah. you hit one weakness and it's baton pass, baton pass, baton pass. And you kind of figure out like, Oh, maybe I can get rid of these tentacles and then use my final, like use an extra turn to actually use that item to keep things moving. It's just, it's the, it's also the best representation of that combat system. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I felt like yeah. it was, um, like you can you can get by on uh, using buffs and just having the right party members equipped with the right moves, but it was in that moment where you really had to have a deep understanding of how all the stuff works. Uh, so it's it's really really like thematically the incredible representation of maruki and the conflict that you have between the phantom thieves and him and gameplay wise it is it is just the the best that that system can possibly be i think yeah i don't have much to add i completely agree with you i think just like having like a genuinely tough boss fight like because i i had i had and took a little more time than you had michael like having something that demanded mastery of that system that I really enjoyed and like the strategy elements of the game and was like, 
okay, you took all this time to like level all this shit and have everyone have the best equipment they can have and everyone's max confidant. You've got everything you could possibly have and the best personas in the game. Sick, deal with this. Like I really appreciated that. Um, so it was a good time. It was a good time combat. It was not a good time narratively. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, it's, 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 a, it's a painful time. Yeah. 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 Um, so you defeat him. But then he's like, no, I'm not giving up, right? He's as strong in his own will as you are in yours. So then he levels up his persona to this <laughs> giant, massive thing. I forget the this name This turns into Iron Man. Yeah, the Iron Giant. Yeah. Um, and you, yeah, I think there's that first phase where you're like hitting Maruki and like you're getting somewhere, but then he kind of merges with this thing. And then this thing is like, you know, it yeah. levels up its fist and then it like comes down and punches you. Then you hit that moment. Where narratively, everybody comes together. Um, and then like, you know, before it was like the baton passed the gameplay. Everyone is coming together. Like narrative, you know, Futaba kind of finds out uh, like his weakness. Then you all kind of yeah. work together. So like, you know, how are you feeling in that moment? Like this is phase three of this boss fight, right? You know, like Maruki is not giving up. And then you get this amazingly epic moment. I'll never forget when you've got like the gun pointed at it in his face and then it, you, you have to click X to fire and then yeah. it's like checkmate and then it's like, bam. And, you know, Joker doesn't talk. So when he does say something, especially something new, it's like, you know, what's real. You yeah. know, what's real. <laughs> <sighs> yeah, it's sick. <laughs> Please, sick as hell. Yeah. Uh, I God, it's there, there's a lot of really cool uh, like like metal gear type of things that happen in the end that I really like. And that might be a thing to kind of bring up when we get towards the, the end end of the fight, like the, the last phase, if you call it a phase, yeah. it's not really like a phase, but uh, pushing a button to do like a final hit on something. Uh, I automatically thought of the end of MGS three and yeah, it's, it's really neat that way, but God, yeah, that again, I, I opened that fight up and I did my stupid setup. It was great because Makoto has an ability called checkmate and everyone kept saying checkmate when I did it and I didn't get it. I didn't get it till I got it <laughs> uh, when I'm standing on top of it. And I, instead of saying, Oh, I remember where I believe came from. Now I got to be like, Oh, now I know why you're always saying checkmate. Uh, I, I love how uh, persona does this great job of kind of building up to those really cool, weird, wacky, out of normal gameplay moments where you, you've been hitting this thing and you hit it enough and you finally get to like go up and do, it's not just like you take it down its HP. You've got to like have everyone break out and like hold this thing in place. And you've got to, as the main character run up its arm and the, the music swelling and the mm -hmm. chorus is kicking in and you get up to the top and you've got to push a button to finish it off. And that's, I love that stuff so much. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but I also felt bad because I, it's the the that fight opened up and I did half of his health in one hit. Like Oh yeah. <laughs> You're like, you ain't shit, bro. <laughs> uh, but it didn't make it seem any less uh amazing or, or intense yeah. for sure. It it's really neat. Yeah. It's such a good uh I love the power of friendship. Big same. Um it's the thing that gets to me the most. Uh, in anime and in video games is when everyone's got your back 
and you have that 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 moment when everyone gets to express that all together and uh, yeah. and we've alluded to it uh, multiple times because it's such it's I, I think it's iconic in 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 that that whole experience to where they are holding down things for you to finally pull it off and uh I don't know. I, 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 I'm a sucker for those, uh, for those, those wild moments, uh, even if they're over the top or whatever, like that's part of why we love anime style things. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, but also like Ben said, making you press the button to finally do it. Like that's such a small thing. And like games do yeah. that shit all yeah. the time, but I don't know. I, I I'm, I'm <laughs> a so, good, man. yeah, it's <laughs> like, this is, this is, this is us. This is, this is your yeah. connection. This is your moment with, uh, everyone. So, uh, I don't know. It's 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 really good, um, and I think that. I don't know. Did y'all talk? I stepped out. Oh, stepped out for a second. But uh, did y'all talk about like what happens afterwards with the? No. So that's the next okay. part. <laughs> is right. that like? I think you know Ben alluded to a little bit, but like you know you're escaping on like the Mona helicopter, but then you get pulled down, and I think it's so genius that the actual final phase is this like MGS4 style, yeah. like yep. one-on-one, like yeah. he's like, get rid of my pain, like beat it out of me, like Kiri style, like beat it yeah, out yeah. of me. <laughs> um, and uh, it's like, and then he's like screaming, he's like roomy, like why? And he's just like, oh, everything yeah. he's been bottling up, he's just like screaming into the void. And I think it's such like a powerful moment. Like, cause again, that relationship is more, I think, Joker than Maruki than Joker and the Phantom Thieves, even though the Phantom Thieves are a big part of, um, you know, like he spends time with, they spend time with Maruki too. But I think the crux of it is the two of them. So like to have that final phase be that, I think is just so powerful in that moment. Um, and yeah, like all you could do is just hit X and just like, like <laughs> it's yeah. it's like it's yakuza it's 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 uh fast and furious it is mgs4 all all in one and you kind of it's an it's another it's a one of the many other reasons why it was kind of unexpected because you didn't i didn't expect persona to have that style of conclusion mm-hmm. uh to have like because it's it, it just it just never pulled from that style uh at any other point in the game uh so when it does pull it off i'm like wow this is actually this is very different uh like we've seen we've seen these moments happen before in other other properties other ips and all that uh but for for persona to do it uh, it just ah oh man it, it really sells you on that 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 intimacy of uh these two characters and their ideals of yeah. even as, as as cheesy as it might be again i'm a sucker for that shit too man fuck when you're standing on the bridge it's about to fall apart and he's about to fall you're like no i got you bro we're getting yeah. out of this shit together i don't care how you feel i'm saving yeah. you i'll fuck you up but i'm gonna save you <laughs> like yeah. let's go oh god damn it if morgana turns into a helicopter yeah, like the, there's no reason for that to happen, but it happens. <laughs> but it does. And like, and you I'm better just believe like, it. We're like, uh huh. Yeah, happy with that. That's fine. <laughs> oh my mm. god, <sighs> what a what a what a great conclusion. So then after that, um, you kind of go back to you know you go back into like reality, and it's like I think you you speak with Lavenza first, and she kind of ex- explains like everything that was supposed to happen now happens. And this is where, like, the events of the original Persona 5 come back into play. So everybody comes back. They can't find Joker. They can't find Morgana. They can't find Akechi. Um, and they go back to LeBlanc. And so Drew's like, what, what are you talking about? Like, he's in prison. Now, I'm actually going to point this to you, Ben. As someone who didn't play the original, like, 
Did that make sense to you? Because I feel like I kind of like got that because in the original game, he goes to prison and there's that whole scene with like Sainijima. But like when that moment hit you where it's like actually like Joker's in prison, like how did you feel about that as not having not having not played the original where it's kind of like putting the original story back into it? It it actually didn't throw me off too bad because I, I remember when you're you're like after you'd finished the original ending or whatever and you were like, well, I guess I got to go turn myself in. And then a catchy shows up. Uh, I think the impact of seeing him and that whole scene kind of just stuck with me long enough where I'm like, oh, of course I'm in jail because mm. we're back to the way it normally would have been anyway. Mm. So it didn't, it didn't throw me off too, too bad, but. I also like mentally write down and keep track of dumb little things when I play games and I like to kind of hold on to that. But yeah, it, it wasn't, it wasn't too weird for me. Anything Jess, Michael, you want to add to at least like when you first like kind of come back and like everything kind of up until like the end of Valentine's day, like things then play out like they normally would. I guess Joker's only in jail for like nine days before he comes out, which is better than <laughs> <Yeah>. two months. <laughs> um, uh, I, I don't know. I just uh, it's uh, it was kind of it was, it was wild to see like, OK, that was that was an alternate like an alternate reality. Like, obviously, we we, we know that up to that point, but it, it was this, this kind of weird moment. Like, did what what happened, whatever happened there was was that real? Like, it, to what degree was it real? So uh, there's it left you with a lot of questions, which I think was was really interesting that um, you kind of. Like you don't get the, all the answers up front right when you finish the palace, uh, and then they're they're kind of woven into the the rest of the normal ending or the the base ending, I, I guess you could say. Uh, so I don't know. It was it, it, it's it's really it's really funny because you know that they can't that Alice couldn't like change everything. Like there's still like some elements that they had to keep in place to keep like the the game itself streamlined. Whether you got the last. Uh, the last the extra semester or if you did the normal run in there so there has to be some kind of like level of um, similarities or they have to they have to align no matter which route you take Uh, so I don't know I think that that was what they they did what they could with what they had and it was I think it it, it worked out really well I don't know Uh, because there's again that air of mystery where they don't spell everything out for you which is yeah. kind of unpersona like and i don't know i really dug that shit yeah i mean i like that there was still time i think it was just obviously having played the first game wasn't terribly worried about joker being in prison yeah but um right. i i think it was it was processing and and sort of um th- there was like a concern about what what everyone had been through and whether you'd done the right thing and just everything that had gone down and i think kind of going from there's also in reality everything's crazy and everything that happened with Maraki and everyone's conflicting ideals and just all this tension and i i i'm glad that there was a time for like like getting to go through that and getting to go through that with with the rest of the characters and um and that un- unraveling back towards normalcy um yeah uh but but as as you said Michael they they had to get they had to get to their end game <laughs> yeah at some point yeah totally so uh, uh so i think the next scene and this is a scene that like hit me a lot is uh i think that, i think it's march 3rd you 
Ryuji calls everybody over. He's like, I need to talk about something. And then this is when he says, like, I'm actually I'm moving away. He's like, I'm going to go to physical therapy for my leg, which means I'm going to move closer and go to high school over there. And then On's like, well, actually, I'm thinking about studying abroad and I'm going to move away too. Haru and Makoto are still going off to college. Joker's yeah. going back home. I think that, like, the characters matured so much more throughout Royal that I think, like, that was such an... I think it's so smart that they added a scene like that because in the original game, everybody just kind of stays around except for Joker. And I think... Again, not to talk too much about like Strikers, but like because Strikers follows the original Persona 5 storyline, it's kind of like, oh, Joker's coming back. Let's all see him. But in this one, in the end of here, it's like everyone's like, I have decided to move on with my life, like to yeah. do what's best for me for my Aww. future, not to like run away from my, well, not, not that they were running away from the past in the original game, but because of all these added layers where they had to kind of like reflect upon themselves, they added this whole new scene, which I think is such a smart scene that like really encapsulates how much everybody's matured um so yeah go off oh uh, evan, evan that that is oh that's such a good point uh, i love that you brought that up um because growth is such an important thing uh that the game kind of that persona has always um been geared towards at least in three especially in four and then in five that it's uh like everyone kind of it's like you go through these things and you learn so much about yourself, but like, what are you going to do? What are you going to do now that you figured yeah. you've more or less figured things out uh, in your life? Because it's one thing to understand. And I, I feel like uh, Persona 5, when I originally played it, did that for me personally. Like I played after I play that game, I'm like, damn, what, what, how am I going to leave an impact in the world? Whether it's, whether it's big or small. And I thought about like the different small things that I can do. Uh, because that 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 whole experience brought out a lot in myself that had been that I never kind of looked at or thought about consciously. And then, yeah, that added scene in that moment is it's it's powerful because like not to talk about strikers too much, but that that, that game is built around the characters kind of uh, kind of expressing what they've been through and telling like imparting that knowledge onto others so they can grow in the same way that they did uh throughout their stories but having this moment to where like okay they're not only have they been through everything but they're they understand that they need to do something about it so like taking action in their own ways like they've took action to 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 save the world in whatever whichever context that had been throughout the different points in the game but it's like what are they going to do for themselves and to have that moment where because it, it's also a juxtaposition with when you see them in the third semester and they have like their ideal reality where nothing bad has happened to them and then you have this scene to where like everything that bad has that everything bad that has happened to me i understand it i accept it and this is what i'm going to do now that i can move on with my life it's 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 a small, but it, it is a very powerful thing. Yeah, I mean, the the whole third semester is about them fighting to have that agency to choose. It's like they, they've traded in, in some cases, family members. Like they've traded in horrible, like pain and life-altering trauma to accept that trauma. And whilst the things that happened to them weren't their fault and weren't necessarily things they can control – the entire message is that you get to decide who you want to be as a result of those, how you want to internalize the things that happen to you, 
how you want to take those experiences and who you want to be and how you want to be moving forward. So yeah, it makes a difference like to include that next step to have them actually do something and 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 become people who are complete, who are not just the people who are defined by the by those experiences, but are stepping forward, not in spite of them, but because of them. And I think um, that's a really important message and it, and it gets delivered because of because of the choice they make at the end of the game. Yeah, uh, exactly what all of you guys have said so far. It's 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 a good reflection on making that choice and accepting that it's it's important to take all the things that come along in life. They're all a part of what make us who we are. And the the bad things, though they're bad, help us appreciate the things that are good. Like all of them may have come together because they all had something really bad happened but they were able to find a lot of support in each other and to have that is good and important and friends yeah. are great and i'm gonna stop talking before i start tearing up because oh. now let it out man good. yeah friends are good friends there's are good a, I, I forget where it happens in the story but i know there's a point where like sumire says like i'm actually really happy that dr maroki did this to me and made me kasumi because I think without that, like I was able to understand a different perspective a lot better um, and then kind of coming out of it. Like if it wasn't for that, I would have just sulked this whole time and I don't know if I ever would have got out of it. So I'm actually very Mm -hmm. thankful that he gave me that new perspective. And I thought I think that's ultimately how everyone feels because that's ultimately where that scene comes from. But Mm. when she said it again, like we talk about how like Kasumi's really fake and how that's used like throughout the entire story. So like to see her ultimately be like i am sumire but that time i spent as kasumi in that fake reality was actually really important to me and helped me a lot grow as a person again i think that adds more layers to like what maruki was doing like maybe the end goal wasn't perfect but like even maybe just seeing that perfect reality for a short amount of time can be helpful because it can show you a side that you maybe never took into consideration because your fantasy world is always perfect but then maybe you go through it and you get out of it and you're like, oh well, wait a minute. Like, not everything is as as beautiful as it may seem. Yeah. Damn. Ooh, Evan spitting. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh. Yeah. Um, so, I don't know. I feel like White Day. It's not really something. Uh, there's not too much there, uh, unless anybody has anything they want to say about that. I got hell of um, chocolates. My pockets were full. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I remember I know you were streaming that. Like, what the fuck am I putting all these chocolates in my pocket? I, it's going to melt. Do I, what am I doing with this? I can't hold on to this all day. Morgana, there, please take these. Yeah, I love how, like, I think that was in an attempt where you couldn't get every chocolate in the original game. Like, you only got the chocolate from the person you romance. So I think they did that as an attempt. Like, if you ranked everybody up, you get everybody's chocolates. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that whole scene is so weird where like everyone just comes up to you that day and they're like, oh, hey, by the way, like I wanted Hold to this. give you the chocolate. <laughs> yeah, I, think, I like, got z- zero classwork done that day because I got interrupted everywhere I turned. People were like, oh, hey, by the way, I got a piece of chocolate for you. <laughs> Why can't I hold all these chocolates? There's so many chocolates. Uh, yeah. Uh, but I, I Wait, uh, is White Day also when you go on that like extravagant date too that Sojiro yeah. sets you up? Yeah. I do think that that's really that's cool real though good. because it, it adds yeah. an, an, an extra layer of oh the, the person that you romanced you have a an extra moment with them that's actually like yeah. really fucking cool like if i was yo i tried to pull that shit off when i was a teenager too like hey i'm gonna ball out we're gonna act like adults oh shit swag swag <laughs> and then it was like a cool moment like oh i i would have done that too and it uh it's it's an extra scene that yeah. um well i don't know i don't know if that changes 
like if much changes based on who you uh who you romance because i only saw kasumi and then uh otherwise it would have been makoto but um yeah the I only just, yeah i think like there's a point where like like the female character like goes to the bathroom or something and i think if you don't date anybody else it's just like a whatever throwaway but if you do date multiple people in that moment you get oh, a bunch shit. of texts like hey like What's up? What's going on? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, yikes. <laughs> but otherwise, yeah, if, if you only date one person like you're supposed to, then it's just this beautiful romantic moment. And I also love in that scene, even though it's very goofy, like when Sojiro like gives you all these like date tips and Morgana's like, I got to take some notes. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he's like, I know a place. Like, just tell them my name and you can get in. Like, yeah. I it's, it's, it's cute. It's, it's really good. I liked it a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. so let, let's um let's talk about like the ending right yeah. like that anime ending scene where like in the original game i you know you you everyone picks you up in the van and then i guess they drive you home i don't think it's ever truly said what they're doing but in this game maruki is now a cab driver he drives you to the station um and he says something i think along the lines of like if you ever struggle in life and you feel you need to give up then i've done my job like that's fine it's okay to start over then you go to the train station and you bump into sumire and it's just this kind of total bullshit like see you later <laughs> like no oh, nothing yeah that was yeah. weird it's like yeah. i took you out on a 200 dollars date <laughs> yeah. and that's all you're gonna say to okay. me <laughs> um, you're the one who confessed yeah whatever well yeah because it's the same scene whether you romance her or not so yeah, it's yeah. A bit like, oh it's really weird it's weird. Okay. it was weird for me because i did romance her like we did yeah. all this stuff and then it's just like you always okay. told me to keep my head up. Bye. Like, yeah. The fuck. Uh, so I guess like I want to hear both perspectives, right? Like mm-hmm. Jess and Michael, you've played the original. You've seen the original ending. Ben, I don't know if you ever saw. The I did go version. back and watch it. Okay. But when you still played it the first time, you had only yeah. seen this new version. Mm-hmm. Like, I want to hear both perspectives. Like, I guess I kind of said it like from someone who played the original, but like someone who didn't. Like, how do you feel about the way the game like ultimately wrapped up, quote unquote? Uh, I guess for me going going in with just knowing that one i i like i like the setup of of meeting everyone uh at at the bus and kind of being like oh no we can't actually do this there's like a car tailing us and they your friends helping you out in the end trying to be a distraction and you get in the in the taxi and you you realize that it's murky in the cab uh i i kind of really liked it that the the samire stuff was really weird even even for me uh, seeing her and just bumping into her, um, uh, more weirded out by the like mid credit scene you get, but I don't know if we're there yet. Talking wise, go for it. Uh, what a catchy. Yeah. <laughs> What's yeah. going on there? Uh, I'm I still glad don't know what whatever's going on that, but uh, you know, I I liked that scene. Uh, a lot and i i appreciate the way that it's set up i love that i i can appreciate the original one watching it later on too and and like the whole just riding back with your friends and having a good time whatever i i really like that you get that last moment of them being like dude we got your back go get out of here <laughs> like we'll, oh, yeah. we'll we'll take care of it yeah uh and then having them like not even be able to stop and like hug you or anything to tell you that they care about you and they're going to miss you. But like Ryuji's hanging out the like side of the van, like waving at you. Like we can't stop, but we love you. Have a good time. Oh. Like, yeah, I, I like that a lot. Like it's, it's, it's things seeming like they're still in motion and things won't change even though I'm on my way out. Like it's, it's, a, I appreciated it. 
I liked it. I I, I can't it. I can't even hear the remembering how that game ends. It's so sad. I yeah. got so ripped off. I hate it. I <laughs> yeah. hate the ending. Um, yeah. I I because by this point, as by the end of any Persona game or conversation, apparently I'm bawling, and I knew that the game ended because I remember it so vividly. With like all your friends are together and they're there with you, and yeah, they, there isn't that growth moment that we're discussing is so important for Royal in particular, but you're all together and it's like you don't know when you're going to be together again but you're together now and it's and it's just this thing and it's like we've been through so much we've been through like a hundred plus hours of gameplay together and they mean so much to you and that was such a moment and then it gets ripped away from you in royal's (laughs) final cutscene, and i was physically upset about it (laughs) like i'm just because of what (laughs) what you're describing like they're just like uh bye and then it's like just out of there Oh, and it's like, yeah, I get it. Like, I get seeing Maruki. That's fine. But it's like, I want to see my friends. Like, I wanted to have, like, that 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 last hurrah moment of being with them because that was the thing that was most important to me and not getting that in in the same way was... That, that hurt, man. That hurt. Yeah, I, th- I think oh. I think in the moment I, I appreciated it, but I it would have been nice to have more time with them for sure. Yeah, I'm with I'm with Jess on this too. Like, uh, I like I I wish there was a middle. Well, I wish there was a, a way to fuse both endings because yeah, I think that too. that yeah, well, like having that last moment with Maroki is really important. Um, and then there there could there there had to been a way to like add add Sumire to the the way the original um ending yeah. played out because that is important. Like that that's like one of the coolest feelings. Like. Oh, our, our, like the, my time is done with this game, but at least I'm stepping away knowing that I was with my friends in that final moment. Like that's so yeah. cool because you're you're driving, you're out on the freeway, and then Joker sticks his head out out of the van, and he's just like, "Oh hell yeah, we fucking y'all, yeah, yeah." It's like we don't give a fuck about nothing. Like we're gonna do whatever the fuck we want now. Um, yeah. Like that's such an important thing, and I think that if you finish Persona Five Royal throughout it, like, and you get this this real and quote unquote real ending. Uh, you have to watch the original ending because it is uh, that is canon. <laughs> that is also canon in my mind, in our minds. Uh, and then you maybe like I don't know. You could like had Sumiri sitting in one of the seats or something, and then then it's like, oh cool, she's there. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's both both endings exist to me. Right. I I would say like for me the perso that's the one thing about OG Persona Five I prefer over Royal is that ending scene. And I feel like you know again because Sumire is like she's in she's out she's part of the phantom thieves she's not like they really i think did her dirty at the end for sure like i think michael's right like if they just kind of redid that original and just like put kasumi in the or sumire in the van like that would have been perfect but no like they they separated maruki and sumire and it's like barely a thing it's so weird how they did it it's like I personally consider Sumire like part of the crew now. Like mm-hmm. I think after everything you go with her in that third semester, she's so integral to that ending plot and the characters mature so much in that, in that time that we talked about. So it's like, I was also like, Jess, I was like, Oh, what the, what the hell is this? Like, this is our send off. Like I hate that ending. And I think the thing about it, <laughs> the thing about a catchy, that, that middle scene, I think you only get that if you finish his confidant. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It- I, like his his rank ten stuff isn't. You got to get him to like rank eight or something just for the ending, but to get the special little like ten second thing, you have to get it the rest of the way up. And I like I hated that too because I feel like that completely threw away everything. It undermines just, what they did. Yeah, 
Yeah, with like a catchy Wait, where it's like, I would I rather. I forget what he did. What did he do? He, he just showed up. You, you, you're, you're looking out the, like the window of the train car and you see people walking and you see someone like with his jacket and his glove. Oh. And it's like implied that maybe that's him. Like, are you still in Maruki's reality a little bit or did he never die or whatever? Oh, and okay. I feel like, again, I just talked to you guys about how like in that moment at the diner where he's just like, no, like I would rather die than live under somebody else's thumb and it's like you know it's such an impactful moment where you as a character that's that final moment where you have to decide like am i really gonna take on maruki so for them to just throw all that away in this stupid little scene where he might still be alive i was like no this is stupid (laughs) y'all is heated and i get it (laughs) (laughs) i think the the trophy image in the original game is that is joker out his head out the top of the van which mm-hmm. I think is great. But I think for Royal, it's just like a stupid picture of Joker. And I was like, no. Well, like, that's not good. Damn. Oh, well, shit. It, it yeah. sounds like the the people who had actually finished P5, I, I've actually heard this from other people too, just prefer the original ending, which I understand it. Yeah. Uh, I think it we were just works. looking forward to it because we knew it, like, oh, there's going to be a big thing. And it mm-hmm. was so great the first time and it'll happen again. And then they're yeah. like, nah, for some reason, we're going to make yeah. a way better version of the first game, except for this one bit. Yeah, <laughs> I know. It's, it's like, like every oh. everything in this game has been like a straight up wild improvement. Like, yeah. why wouldn't the ending be like this huge improvement over what was already perfect? And then like, damn, y'all really? Yeah, damn, okay, that's, that's what y'all went with. All right. I see y'all. My yeah. favorite part was when Morgana was working on the engine in the original ending, but they decided not to have that in the yeah. real one, too. Well, that was also great about it, too, because, you know, in this one, they they chase the van and that's why they have to Joker has to go in the cab. But in the original, the reason the way they were able to get away from it is because Morgana fucks up the other car. Yeah. And then they take yeah. the van and they're like, fuck y'all. And they're like, wait, we can't turn it on. Uh, so it's like, why so throw that away? You already had a plot device as yeah, to why they couldn't yeah. follow yeah. you. And it's kind of well, neat that like the, the Morgana had been turning into a car the whole game. It makes sense that they'd be working on cars and know how cars work. <laughs> I bought into that yeah. wholesale. Yeah. Like, yeah, why not? So the last thing I want to talk about is the other ending, the alternate ending. Oof, very important. I think, yes, I think Michael has said it on numerous occasions, but like they're they're both extremely important to that game, like seeing both endings. You don't get the full picture without doing both. I would highly recommend, um, you know, making a save, although if you're listening to this, you probably already did it. So you can just go and watch the other one. I don't know why I said that. But anyways, you accept Maruki's deal and it's like, you know, Sojiro comes to you. He's like, do you want to live here forever and work at the cafe? And then like you see Haru and Makoto graduating and Futaba's like, I'm going to Shujin. And Yusuke's like, maybe I should go to Shujin. And Kechi shows up and he's just like, I'm just going to freelance. Like, I'm just going to be around, which means I have plenty of time to hang out with y'all. So like, you know, for me, and I think for all of you, like that's the second ending you watched, right? Like you mm-hmm. watch the original ending, yeah. you get all that, you go back and you see almost like a like a deal or no deal where it's like, what happens in the other case? Like what happens if you open the other yeah, case? Yeah. So it's like, you know, give me, I guess, like your thoughts on how like that ending itself and like how it's used as in, in Royal to like, I guess, give you a, again, another perspective on the story, like another side to yeah. the story. I think I think this alternate ending is really important for understanding what was at stake. Uh, it's like I said about the like we said about the the seeing everyone's ideal reality and that being a like not, not even bittersweet but actually painful. 
And I think this alternate ending amplifies that feeling because it's not just, okay, I've I've seen what their ideal reality is, but now it's like, I'm seeing them carry it out. And now this is the life that they're going to live. And now I'm letting go of everything that we, we worked on. Like the reason why we, we bonded to begin with, like we have to let that go because it doesn't exist anymore. And that's, it, it's such a, it's such a hard thing to see because, oh man, like it, it is weird to watch uh, that play out, but uh, I think it really hits when you get to the credits scene because it's, it's really sweet. I think that it plays a remix of Marky's theme mm-hmm. and it's, it's just, just yeah. this really chilled out vibe and you hear the melodies from that theme and it calls back to all the things that you that you've talked about that you learned uh with Maruki and then the as a credits roll you see the different um the different uh art pieces of what everyone's doing with their lives and like you see Sojiro and Wakiba taking uh Futaba to school and she's wearing a Shujin uniform and it's such a oh yeah. that's that's the one that fucked me up yeah oh, it's that's that's the one that was the one uh that that fucked me up because like throughout the game like i feel like futaba like has been through so much uh herself obviously but um and like this to see her growth from someone who just doesn't understand like social cues and all this other stuff because she's been a hermit <laughs> her entire life uh, because of tragic things and then to see her just like excited to go to school with everyone else yeah. and then you see you see joker and akechi playing chess with each other and it's like this perfect representation of of their relationship of how can i best you can you best me and they're just but they're also enjoying each other's company or they're yeah. they're valuing each other's company while they're being competitive uh and like Yusuke, for uh, you can go down the list, but then you see Yusuke being tutored by Madarame, and it's like, what, who, uh, who Yusuke wanted Madarame to be, and that's the case with everything. And then you see uh, Ryuji with the track team. It's, I don't know. It was it was really hard to watch, but I think that it's important to understand exactly what Maruki's vision was. Yeah. That um, that he was he was being truthful to you. Like he wasn't trying to pull a fast one on you. Like he really wanted the best for y'all, uh, and it wasn't part of this bigger grand scheme. Because then, like before the credits roll, obviously he walks by and says, "Hey, can I snap a picture for y'all?" He doesn't. He walks away, and it was kind. Of, and then it's it. It was like his moment to kind of check on them to make sure everything fell into place. And he was like, "Yeah, what I wanted happened, and everyone's fine. And I'm going to walk away from this." Yeah. And that's mm-hmm. that on that. It, it's it hurts. It hurts because it also makes you realize that. Like, yeah, like Marky was being truthful in the ide- ideal reality that he wanted. And I don't know, it, it just it gives you a much better perspective on Marky's motivations and what he could have done if you followed it. But at the same time, you walk away from that like that. Like, it it just can't be like that's just not how things ought to be. Say for for me, it like from the moment that you choose to to go that route, it it feels kind of like to use like a, like a, like a visual metaphor, the way that it, it got to me was like, you know, when you like, you, you take like a, like a, like a paper boat and you put it out on like the water and you just kind of let it go. Like you don't have any agency over it and things just kind of go. Like I felt like I wasn't involved in this story anymore. Like I wasn't playing Joker. It was kind of just playing its own thing. And I had to just sit there and kind of watch kind of 
just just letting go of everything I'd done. Yeah. And it's just it drifting further and further away from me. And I hated it the more and more as it went on. And it it really does culminate in that that group picture and then over into the the pictures that play during the credits that uh, it's it's I still think about it too. The they're they're pictures of people being happy, but they're they're tilted and askew and they're not set right. And that whole, that whole section feels bad and wrong and you can't change it. And then to even have it carry through to the credits with like a small thing like that really kind of just, I don't know. It locks it into like, it just like, it's, it's weird because it's, it's one of those weird things where you see all the happy stuff and you think it's supposed to be happy, but it feels wrong and bad and you can't, stop it i don't like it i don't like it (laughs) yeah it's confusing i don't know i like i feel it's obviously wrong like i definitely understand that feeling of wrong but it's also like oh they're definitely happier though it's like are you i don't know it's like all these huge questions it's like do you supposed to and do you have to live your life in pain and suffering and going through horrible things because that's the only option and if there is another option does that make it incorrect? Like if there's another option to not have to go through that, is that bad? Like, I don't know. I, th- I think yeah. it really makes you think about Maraki's perspective. It's like, if there is no downside, if there's no catch, if it's just like this awful fucking thing that happened to you didn't have to happen to you. And, and, and yes, it, it takes away what the relationships and the personal um growth that, that you get from trauma. But you can completely see like what you're describing with Futaba, like what, like they didn't have to experience. And there's a guilt, like, I don't know. Like, it's like, Mm -hmm. I know I did what I had to do, but there is a guilt in you. You took that happiness away from them. And I think one of the really interesting things that Maraki like keeps saying and that you come across in, in his final palace a lot to like minorly backtrack is like people being like, I had this dream, but it's really hard. And Mark, he's like, don't worry. Like if it's hard, like don't worry about it. Like it's too hard. Like you don't have to do stuff if it's hard. Like just be happy, just chill out. Like that's more important than like doing something and finding it difficult. Like don't do anything. Like if there's any resistance, just don't do it. Mm -hmm. And it's like, that is such an interesting perspective. And I think it's just, it's a real big conflict that ending like i I know it's incorrect like in my soul but i also see these people that i have spent 150 hours trying to make them happy trying to make them feel better trying to help them work through these terrible things that have happened to them and it's like if someone could take all the pain away from people that i genuinely care about oof, that's a tough one like i don't know yeah i i i thought a lot about um with with that ideal ending i want to i think i've i also sought out where the cracks are in that in that alternate reality um because otherwise how like would you understand um a downside to it to accepting that and i think jess you brought up a really good point of like it kind of kills ambition yeah like like if if you want to achieve a dream if it's too hard don't worry about it like that's that that kind of sucks the the life out of life in a way um and I think that so Jess, you brought that up, and then Evan earlier, you brought up the fact that on that March third event, where everyone kind of starts to take action to take care of their their selves based on what they've learned, and I think putting those two things side by side is is really important to kind of uh, 
to realize like how different things have to be when you when you move on it's like is is life that fulfilling if everything's too easy uh like i think that that's something that players should think about when they see the alternate ending uh and then when you take on when you when you defeat maruki and then seeing that you know there's there's much more to live for there's something to work for and understanding how to move forward after experiencing bad shit in your life uh i think those are very important things to keep in mind i'm glad that like evan and jesse brought both those things up because that that helps that i kind of have like a better understanding of how these two endings kind of feed into each other so and yeah and like but i agree i hella agree with ben that like it's it's not it's a it's it's bad to see like oh i don't know how i feel about this but i think it is important uh to see uh regardless um because yeah, yeah it's just it's 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 tough in the streets y'all <laughs> yeah that's the takeaway <laughs> yeah <laughs> the the one thing i'll add to that and i know we didn't really get to talk about it but there is that one section marquis palace where you're doing like that quiz where like they try to determine like yes. if you need healing and it brings up all of these questions and like they're trying to think about it like how would maruki think about it so i think there's that one where it's like do you follow your dreams like do you keep going at it do you do anything necessary to get it or do you give up and you like talk to everybody in there and there's that one woman who's like i want to be a musician and mm-hmm. like in all my free time like i keep doing it i'm going to keep at it no matter what and then there was that one guy who's like, I'm a streamer. And like, I found out that like shit talking people gets you more views. So I'm just going to start shit talking because I want to be a streamer. And then there's another guy who's like, I've never really cared about anything. Like, why try for anything? And like in Maroki's mind, that person's the one who's right. The one who has zero ambition and like doesn't yeah. care really what happens to them. And like, I thought that whole quiz section was like really, really interesting. It touches upon everything that you guys were just talking about, mm-hmm. where it's like, you're, you're, you have to pick the right choice from his perspective yeah um and yeah. uh yeah i think there's a, even that like i think the last question was even like you know one of the one of the answers was like steal evil hearts instead of like steal something or don't steal anything and like that was the right answer the right answer was like steal evil people's hearts which you wouldn't think would be the right answer but it also like it hits home that like you know maroki isn't a bad guy like he's not an evil heart you're stealing like he supports yeah. the phantom thieves he likes what they're doing so it's like i think that whole moment too like you really get to see into his psyche. I mean, obviously that's what a palace is, but like you really get to see yeah. into that. So yeah, when that ending plays out, like everything you guys just said, like absolutely full force, like you see all of it. Damn. Oh, all right. So uh, I guess we'll wrap things up now. Yeah. Any, any last things anybody wants to talk about before I do so? Uh, uh, damn. Evan, you were incredible. You were all incredible. Heck yeah uh yeah Every, everyone was incredible uh yeah I, I i think it's 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 a for a game like this it's really important to bounce these ideas with other people uh because i i, I feel like yeah. i've I, this is my favorite game of all time but in this discussion i've also learned a lot more about it and i think that's that's important about persona games like even though they can be really on the nose sometimes and you could probably play it and then come away with like some very basic understanding and that would be that'd be fine but there's so much more to to dig into that i constantly like i learned about myself through playing persona 5 and uh p5r uh and then kind of digging through all of that is it just makes me appreciate the game more and th- these are things that I that I have uh, taken into my own life. When I before this, I kind of re- before we recorded this, I have been reflecting on how P five and P five R have impacted me, 
And I've had a lot of uh, emotional, uh, what is it? Emotional development in my personal life. And I think like Persona 5 was a catalyst for that, man. Like I'm not, I'm not playing with you. Uh, it, it's, it's an, exp- it, the, the game allows you to see what it's like to be vulnerable and what the benefits are and what that looks like. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I mentioned this a lot is there are a lot of good, uh, great confidant arcs. Uh, one that sticks to me is Ryuji's confidant arc when y'all just chilling in the ramen shop and then it's like that. Uh, it's like that Marky thing when you have someone that you didn't have before, and they they let themselves be vulnerable and they say something really nice to you. And like he's just like, man, you know, I never had any anyone like you. I am who I am because you've been there for me. And y'all just having ramen, y'all just chilling like a normal ass day. And then it's just like that moment that this game has a lot of moments like that, and it, it it's allowed me to reflect on myself in ways that I didn't have the opportunity to before. And I hope that other people who played Persona, like other people have felt that way. And I hope that that's people's takeaway, take takeaways from this game is to reflect on yourself, to see in seeing, uh, in actually seeing a character grow and understand themselves and express that to other people. Like I've taken that into my own life and I feel like it's so much easier to express myself with my family, with my friends. Like I'm not afraid of those things anymore. I can lay them out on the table and be like, yeah, this, this is, I am who I am. This is, this is how I feel. Like I don't have to be afraid of that. There's no, yeah, that's, uh, (laughs) I don't know. Like that, that, that is, that is my overall takeaway from this experience. I, um, so Persona 5 is also very similar to me where it's like, I think the original just came in my life, like in the right place at the right time. Like it was something that just like I maybe needed and like meant a lot to me. I spent like, I beat it in a month and like, I would like some nights stay up to like four or five in the morning. Like I just couldn't stop. Like I didn't get to start playing it till like nine or 10 at night. And I just kept going. And then like with Royal, like I had you two, I had you, Michael and Jess, like we all played that like together. We were in that mm-hmm. experience together, <laughs> yeah. like talking about it. And like you guys were my confidants in a way. And like, I think like that was also like what made Royal really special for me is that like we were all kind of on that journey together. And like we had all played the original Persona 5. We were all like experiencing all this. I think we were kind of at the same place at the same time the entire time we were playing it. Um, And like, yeah, I think that like it's it's weird to say because like it's a hundred plus hour JRPG with like characters that when you first meet them have like anime tropes to them. Right. Mm -hmm. But like. It, there's so much in my own life that I think has helped just playing this game, which is really, really weird to say. But like, yeah, I mean, Persona 5 Royal, I wouldn't say it's, I think Zelda's still like my favorite game of all time, but like Persona 5 <laughs> yeah. Royal, number two, no question about it. Like yeah. that game has meant so much to me and like has yeah. changed my life. Life will change. It has changed my life <laughs> in so many life ways. Will change. <laughs> Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, I I have the same kind of takeaway and stories, you guys. I originally played Persona 5 when I just moved down on my own. I got dumped and it was just like, <laughs> I, yeah, I was the same. I played it like in a month and it was just like, she was hard, man. And it's just like, just the sincerity, like the focus on friendship and that game is so earnest that it's like the lack of subtlety. Uh, it doesn't matter, honestly. Yeah. Like you, yeah. you end up because... 
because friendships and conversations and spending time in those moments are so integral to not only just the gameplay, but doing well at it. It's like build up those confidant arcs. It's the best thing you can do for combat. And like everything is woven together, like so expertly. And, and yeah, I mean, it's, it, I still think it sounds silly and awkward to say being like at the end, like finishing that game was saying like goodbye to friends. And that sounds so silly. And I, I recognize that, but it really does. And it's like, I watched my friend boot it up to play it for the first time the the other day and he never played it before. And it's like, oh, those are my friends. It's just like, oh my God, oh, and oh my God, right, Ryuji. (laughs) And it's just like, you're like going through it, man. And like starting up, um, starting up Strikers was just like, oh, the gang's all here. Like you're you're missing out on them. But it's like, I I love these, I love coming of age stories. And in a lot of ways, it's an incredibly nuanced coming of age story that tells um, that tells uh, a coming of age narrative from a ton of different perspectives. But beyond that, because of the adult confidants too, it's that it's telling a broader story of everyone experiences hardship, everyone experiences pain. And with the additional um, narrative and themes of Royal, it's, it's, it's instructing you not only that that's inevitable and it's something that's going to happen to you, but it's something that you can get through. And it's something that through those friendships and through connections and through, as you said, Michael, being vulnerable, like it's dealable and life is dealable and it is better to go through it than it is to like, just not want to face it. And it's such a bloody good message and it's perfectly told. Yeah. I think that uh, I've noticed in like the years since is that uh, I'm still working on, God's working on all of us, (laughs) but um, yeah, to be able to, um, you know, express myself with confidence and clarity and to to understand that like i can feel myself and my emotional maturity like i can i can feel that and i i know where that started and it's like everyone starts somewhere man if it's a video game it's a video game man and like for me it, it was persona 5 with that flip that switch uh for me and i hope that you know if if others um maybe don't have that yet and maybe if you play this at a younger age or something like i hope that like that is a message that I hope that's something that you uh, take away from this, uh, from this game. So I really, really like persona five Royal. I, I, I think I kind of wish that I had more of the, the lead up. Like I I wish that I actually followed through and played the original, but I, I still think that even finally playing it now in the time that we're in with the game's big emphasis on how important the power of friendship is, and how important the bonds are that you make with important people around you. It, it really kind of maybe made it hit harder than it would have if I played it any other time. I think personally, cause I'm going to be honest. I, I think about you guys like literally almost every day and I miss, you have to work with us too. So I mean, (laughs) yeah, but I mean like even in the sense that like I can go a whole day and I, I won't see anything from Michael at all, oh. like in, in Slack or I'll, I'll go a whole, a whole day and all I'll do is publish trailers and videos and I won't get to talk to anyone. But I, I think every single time about how much I miss seeing and being around all of you and to have kind of like a, like a, like a synthesized kind of experience where I met these people and they ended up becoming really good friends with me and they helped help me do this ridiculous insurmountable task. We killed two gods together. Like <laughs> it, 
it made it hit definitely harder for me that way. I think it's, it's, it's real good. Yeah. Ben, Ben, you actually, you, you played, you started and finished this deep into deep into lockdown too. So yeah. Yeah. And I I think that's, that's don't throw your mask away. Even, even on top of that too. Like I, I, it was the game that, that got me back into doing streaming. And not only did I like finally do that, but I got to finish a game about the power of friendship with my real friends in a chat yeah. cheering me on to finish it. <laughs> Hell yeah. And yeah. I appreciate that for some reason I have people who care about me enough to sit there for oh. eight hours and watch me finish a dumb video game. <laughs> it's not a dumb video game. And I, I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's real good. There's a lot of good circumstantial things that made that game mean a lot. Yeah. Yeah, it's like a mirror, man. I mean, because it's just, yeah, the the combat's great. The the God stuff is crazy. <laughs> Satan kills God, etc. But it's like, I mean, at the end of the day, it's just friends, like helping each other through the shittiest parts of life. And yeah. that's what we're all doing. And that's why it's like heart-wrenching and heart-grabbing. And anyway, I miss y'all. I'm going to try not to stop crying. <laughs> yeah, for real, though. Oh, y'all too. Really? God. I wonder a lot, like... If I had this game as a teenager, like, would I have reacted yeah. to it the same? Like, as, as being someone who's older, did I maybe, like, internalize the messages more? Or, like, if I was a teenager at the time, would this have, like, a, changed the trajectory of things in certain ways? Like, I don't know. Um, but I think about that a lot. Like, I, I, I'm always kind of jealous of people who are, like, teenagers and they're, like, they get to play this for the first yeah. time. It, it's yeah. it's really, like, I talked to Jean-Luc, like, about how he played Persona 4 when he was, like, 16 or something. Uh, and how much he identified with it. But I played Persona 4 Golden um, when I was like 26. And I like we had a conversation about it. But if if there's anything, though, that I can uh, take away from from a Persona game is that its themes are they are I think they're cross generational in, in many yeah. ways. Like I still remember who I was when I was like 16, 17, 18. I'm glad I'm not that person anymore. But uh, like the, like I said, the I was 26 when I when I played Persona 4 or Persona 5 and the way it impacted me was so profound in a way that I like I have a better understanding of myself and then so I'm able to pick apart what I'm experiencing in Persona 5 a little bit more with a little bit more of a sharper eye than I probably would have when I was like 17 or 18. So I think that all no matter at what stage in your life you play it at, uh, I think there's always going to be something to pluck out that is going to be important to you. Very, very well said. And with that, I think we have come to the end of our journey. So for all of you listening, thank you so much for joining us. And uh, now I will go around the room. Everybody, uh, tell us who you are, where people can find you, what you're up to. Plug, plug, plug away, whatever the hell you want to plug away. So Jess, let's start with you. Uh, I'm Jess, still, um, two hours later. Uh, You can find me, I, I do Twitch streams. Uh, twitch.tv forward slash temperatures um you can find me on my twitter where i'm at jess mcdonald and currently i'm freelancer doing all sorts of bits and pieces including making videos for what culture a few times a week um which has been really fun listicles and such and uh that's me cool uh michael let's move on to you uh you can find me in all of my bullshit at michael p hi i'm on twitter uh, yo, my, my, you know, my Twitter feed, I mean, whoever's listening to this probably already knows, but my, my Twitter, Twitter feed is, is a riot. So if you want to have a good time, uh, come <laughs> on through, get, get into my men- mentions and, uh, um, yeah, also on GameSpot.com, you can find, uh, some of my work there. Always talking about Final Fantasy 14, Persona, Yakuza, 
all that good stuff. Um, everything that Ben has taught me over the years. Uh, that is my life now. Ben has changed my life in many ways. <laughs> uh, so uh, I'll give him that. But also like, ah, uh, shit. Everyone does great work at GameSpot. So every, every, y'all should peep everyone's work. Um, so because uh, they keep they keep the keep site running. And um, yeah, that's uh, that's that on that. Uh, ben? Uh, I'm on Twitter sometimes. It, it's at Ben Janka. I don't I don't have anything particularly to promote that I'm doing, but. I'll say, please check out all of the excellent work that all of my friends at GameSpot do, videos and writing wise, because they all work very hard. Uh, you should do that. Uh, oh. Play, play Yakuza, play Ziv, play Danganronpa, play Persona. <laughs> yeah, please. Hey. Yeah. Oh, uh, one more. Jess, are you still streaming Yakuza Like a Dragon? I am. There you yeah, go. I'm all y'all should check Yakuza that out. Yakuza Like a Dragon <laughs> once <laughs> week. Um, oh, yeah. so come hang out it's still pretty early i think we're like six or seven hours in that Jump game in. is great I'm oh yes you want to we talked a lot about persona today but oh i can't well i want to oh man we should we already did a yakuza like a dragon <laughs> spoiler a cast. part two spoiler cast but yeah i definitely want to after this conversation obviously i'm very i'd be very uh curious to get your your takes on it uh yes Ooh, there's a lot of similarities. Oh, okay, anyway, that's that. Yeah. Uh, cool. And then I realized, I don't think I introduced myself in the beginning. I think I just introduced all of you and moved on. So I apologize for that. My name is Evan Langer. Uh, I am a video producer at GameSpot. Uh, you can find my name in credits a lot. Uh, sometimes I do voiceover work. Uh, I recently did a video with Roger Craig Smith, who was the voice of Sonic the Hedgehog. Uh, he answers Sonic questions. Check that out. I'm also going to pimp all of the Royal content we did a year ago. So yeah. uh, the video review that Jess edited, uh, Jess did a feature on Biggest Changes. Michael and I did a feature on how to unlock the third semester, the preview video, and then Jess did a marquee feature. Uh, go watch that. I don't even think it matters to us that they're a year old numbers wise, but go watch them. I'm very yeah. proud of all the work we all did together. <laughs> so me too. You guys are great. Uh, yeah. I'm, 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 I'm proud of you, Evan. You did. You did. It was it was lovely to have you guide us in this conversation. Of so course, everyone. I, give, thank give you. It to, yeah, yeah. Thank you, thank you. Uh, I. This game has meant, as we've already said, so much to me. So I'm very happy a year later we finally got to do this. And again, thank you so much for watching. I hope everybody listening has a wonderful rest of their day. 